Welcome to the 305th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on October 10th, 2022. My name is Brad Galloway, I'm the editor of GameCritics.com, and I'm also 50% of this year's show with me is a man who's fighting off the Mondays, Carlos Rodella. I got a case of the Mondays. Man, you know, somebody said to me the other day that uh, the first five days after a weekend is the hardest, and I think that's true. That is a good, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and by the way, I hate saying that phrase. It's only because of office space that I have uh, said it, or why you said it, probably. Dealing with the Mondays? Yeah, or a case of the Mondays. Do you remember that from Office Space? I have seen Office Space. I haven't seen it in a million years, and I just made it up off the fly. So maybe oh, like okay. subconsciously Office Space is lingering within me. That's very possible. So. Yeah, and by the way, anybody who's listening who's never seen it, it is a awesome film. Yeah. Uh, super fun, and it makes you like, you know, if you're frustrated about your office job, it makes you see the world differently, and it's pretty good. Yeah, and you'll want to buy a red stapler afterwards for sure. So yes, that's confirmed. That's my uh, stapler. Yeah. I didn't. I'll, I mean, I didn't intentionally bring it up because of Office Space. I just brought it up because we don't usually record on Monday. We were supposed to do yesterday. Oh, that's right. Life happened, and so now it's actually Monday. So we're recording a day later. So I just figured that was my my riff for today because I'm always scrambling at the last minute to come up with something new. You know, it's always my personal challenge to be like, what am I going to say this week? I don't know. I know. And I love that you do it each time. And um, yeah, it's like literally in the moment. Like sometimes you might scribble something down before, but most of the time yeah, it's like right yeah. then. And I, I'm sure I've mentioned this before, but this, this whole bit that I do is actually a callback and a bit of homage to the now defunct game bar podcast, G A Y M E B A R. Uh, I loved that podcast. One of my all time favorite podcasts. I became good friends with everybody on that podcast. And in fact, uh, one of the people who was on that podcast lives like five minutes down the road from me. They ended up moving really close, not because I'm here. Just, it just happened randomly, but I was like, Oh, where are you moving to? Oh shit. That's down my street. Oh, Hey, we're like neighbors now. And we were really good friends. And so, oh. uh, love the game bar podcast. And they did that every week. And I was always so impressed that they did it because there were definitely a few weeks where they're like, I ain't got nothing. And I'm like, yeah, man, I feel that. Cause I'm, it's, it's like, yeah. you think coming up with one sentence every seven days is no problem. But when you're on the hook for it after a while, after you do 305 episodes, you kind of run dry after a while. Oh it's, yeah. 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 It's a challenge. So anyway, props and shout out to the game bar podcast. I wish it was still around. It is not. The guys are still around, uh, but man, those were some good times. And that is, I, I, I'm glad I adopted this because it kind of just like lets that show live on in my heart a little bit. So yes. there we go. All right, here we are, folks. 3.05. It's a Monday. It's October 10th. we got a lot of stuff to talk about. But before we get to the content of the show, before we get to the meat of the show, we're going to be doing housekeeping as we do because everybody knows that Carlos and I share a virtual living space divided down the middle of the strip of duct tape. That's right. It's housekeeping. Um, only a couple things on my side, maybe like two things on my side. What do you got on your side this week, Carlos? I have 72 boxes. Whoa. Um, so I'm going to pare UPS, it down a little Amazon, bit. Amazon, FedEx, Walmart, oh, yeah. all that stuff showed up today. Drop ship, uh, all of it. Yeah. So I'm going to have to like <laughs> siphon through all these. Uh, do you siphon through boxes? I don't think you do. I mean, you sort through them. Yeah. You can organize them. I mean, I mean, if, I guess if you've got a giant sieve, you could, you could siphon or filter. I don't know. Well, siphon off. 
uh, something. You can do you can siphon off things, right? Which right. means you push things to the side. I don't know. Is that usually when somebody gets a tube and they suck gas out of somebody's gas tank because they're trying to steal gas from them? That's something so they else. Siphon that gas. Out. Or maybe yeah. it is. You know yeah, what? I don't know what the word means, and we'll never know. We'll never know. It's a mystery for the ages. But yep. now we've got a lot of boxes on your side, Carlos. Okay, What's so the first let me box open up got? a quick one, real quick, which is CD Projekt Red announcing that they're doing a new game called Orion. Uh, I just get excited what? because it's a new hold game. Hold up! Hold up! Hold up! Hold up! CD Projekt Red. Yes. They're still, I guess, working on whatever. Cyberpunk 77, whatever they're doing with that. DLC or who knows what. They just announced like four Witcher games. And I haven't even heard of Orion. So you're telling me they're actually announcing another game on top of that? Yep. Yeah, yeah. By the way, the DLC is done for 2077. I mean, pretty much sure that's like just in QA or whatever because they showed a lot of it. Uh, I mean, teaser trailer, of course, but some gameplay and stuff. So... Yeah, I think that thing's probably close to done. So they're not really working on that. They're okay. just going to release it next year, probably polishing it. Um, I think it's even early next year. But the new game, yeah, because I mean, obviously, with the comeback with Edge Runners, the anime kind of giving them the popularity again. It did. Um, the resurgence of players, a crazy, you know, world-breaking number of people playing it on Steam. So yeah, they're like, let's go full ahead with what we wanted to do, which is probably make other games in this series. Um, so anyways, they announced it. It's Orion. And yes, they are also working on a ton of Witcher projects, including one that's a multiplayer game, by the way, which I don't want to play. Interesting. So okay, so clarify, Orion is the next thing in this in the 2077 universe, or yes. is this a separate thing? Yeah, exactly. It's just okay. a, it's a new game. It's like you're playing Cyberpunk 2077, you finish it. I've finished it so long ago now. I want a new story, you know, and well, um, I think they, they missed a trick. It should be Cyberpunk 2078. Am I wrong? Nice. Um, I mean, that's that seems like the obvious one. What's up with that? CD well, card? it'd be the next year, and this probably doesn't play, take place the next year. Add a couple more numbers. Could be two zero seven nine. Just go to Brad Galloway for all your game title needs. These ideas are free, folks. These ideas. And there's a reason free. why they are. There's free. a reason they're free. Yes. So that's something I just want to mention that I'm excited that you know with the resurgence, they're I'm gonna get a new game to play in that universe. Not for cool. like ever, probably. I mean, if it's of the same scale and scope as twenty seven seven. I mean, that's probably like a, what, a four or five year project if they have enough staff and all that. Oh, I think I'll pl- probably play it in twenty seventy seven. Literally, yeah, <laughs> literally, that's when I'll play it. yeah. Uh, and then also, I wanted to mention backlogged again, real quick, because yeah. uh, backlogged L O G G D. Um, I you got on there finally, right? I did, yeah. After we talked about it, I, I took your advice and I went to the the site, and I um, I'm not going to use it like all the time, but I did. It didn't seem pretty handy for marking down the games that I feel like I probably want to make an effort to get back to. It's not all my. It's not all my backlog, and to be perfectly honest with you, um, what is up there now is probably less than 1% of my total backlog. So yeah, that's I'm going to just let that stuff go. I'm going to let it go, and I'm going to keep just the current stuff. Well, you mentioned that. I think it was last yeah. episode. Like yeah. the, le- the trailing year is when you should keep a backlog. But I think yeah. if it goes past that, you're like, well, maybe I'm not going to play it. Maybe not. Um, remember that, because I might be coming back to that to contradict myself. Oh, um, no. Okay. First off, I use the, I've been loving the app uh, and the website. I'm usually mainly using it on the PC. Okay. Um, because it lets you track your games you've played and completed. And I've always wanted one place for all of that. So 
I don't know what kind of magic they're doing over there, but they have every game, including like every edition of every game. That website is bonkers, bonkers. dude. Like it's pretty next level slick. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, the website itself, I would I would highly recommend. Like you were saying, uh, some of the stuff and the features aren't on the app, like the mobile app. So yeah. go to the website. I think that's yeah, the yeah. best version. Website is great. Yeah. So, anyways, I'm going through there, and I kind of just like went by you know release date and just looked at all the games and and added pretty much the 200 that you said you and I both had played. You know, from this the, year. From this year. Yeah. So those were added. Then I just clicked on PS4. Like, it, it sorts by console and stuff, right? And it's got the entire, like, basically the entire library, right? Yeah. So I went to PS4, and I went to the beginning. <laughs> like, the, the, <laughs> the launch titles. You know what I mean? God, what and year then, was that even? I don't even know what year 2000 that was. 2000-something. And then I actually just kept going, and it is so addictive. And so I'm up to 500 games I've played so far. Total, and I, that's just 300 from the PS4 era. And I'm right. not done going through all the PS4 era. So my goal is now to have Backlog be the place where I, I have said all the games I've ever played. Um, and again, they, they do the distinction between completed or played. Um, right, they do, yes. Which is do. really nice to have. And so, yeah, I'm also using it for the Backlog part of it. But for me, the addiction, and I want to do it right now while we're talking is to just go back and keep going through pages and seeing what I played. Now, I bring it up because not only do I think that's really cool, but it also shows you games you missed. So, In go- what sense? Because you're scanning the library and you're, you're like, oh, I forgot about this one. Yeah, oh, or like one. I started this one and never finished it. Gotcha. So gotcha. I've been throwing a couple on my backlog from ancient times because they are games I wanted to finish. Here's one, by the way. Demon's Age. Do you remember that game? Demon's Age? That's not ringing a bell. It's like a Baldur's Gate game. And I was like, oh my goodness, why did I not start that? Um, and then there's Alaloth, which is also like a Baldur's Gate game. That's not a word. It is. A-L-A-L-O-L-T-H. And then I saw Echo. And that's funny because you were talking about Echo on oh, Twitter. Echo, yeah, I was. I was just talking about that ironically. Um, so anyways, I, I like it also <clears throat> because as you're going through to say, hey, these are the games I played. Hey, these are the ones I missed. You know, right, 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 right. right. Um, so, anyways, I love the the thing. Check it out. Backlogged, L O G G D. And when did PS4 games start? 2013. That's when I started going yeah. through the list. Interesting. So I, I've kind of taken a different tack. You know, I I think backlogged is awesome. Um, I'm I think I'm going to use it just for my current backlog, and that seems to be pretty easy, and I can I can kind of maintain that no problem. Um, but what I've done before, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I do keep a running list of every game I've ever finished. Oh, you do? That, yeah, that goes back like through all of history, like since I was a kid. So um, I, I keep a really long list of, of games that I finished. I don't keep track of stuff that I started but didn't finish because that would be too long of a list. It would just be like infinite list. Um, but I think I'm going to maintain the what have I finished list. I can go back to any system, any point in time, and I can I can see what I've done. Although, yeah, it would take too Wait, long to enter that. In do you phone. know what the number is? Um, I stopped counting a while ago. It was like well over a thousand games last time I checked. Yeah, so. but I, I'm like so, I want and I need to, not want, need to know what the number is of how many games I've played and how many games I've completed. And well, so, maybe, maybe I'll maybe I'll just do the completed. That might be that might be okay. I can run through them pretty quickly, maybe. But yeah, maybe. But uh, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway. So I think I'm just gonna use it for recents. Like I said, I'm my, my new revised backlog. I'm gonna let the old backlog go. Maybe I'll put in the games completed. It's kind of good for a laugh because you can see what you what you've done. Um, but if I ever if I ever tried to write down the games that I played and did not finish, it would be every game out there. So it's too, it's too long. 
Well, that's the thing is like uh, I'm just doing it because I'm going through the pages and why not? Yeah. You know, click. But it, like, what's so. what's the what's the likelihood that you will go back and finish whatever Alaloth? Well, that doesn't matter. No, no, that doesn't matter. The point is, if it's okay, so Alaloth and the other one, I forgot what it's called already, <clears throat> Demon something. Like those, I put actually put on my backlog, and if you go to my page, you can see uh-huh. that. But other ones, I just click played, and I'll never go back to them. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Just, just, just so like, just saying you, you spent time with it. I spent time with it, and I want to okay. like mark that down, right? Gotcha. So if someone goes like, hey, what do you think of blah, blah, blah? I'm like, oh, I did play that, you know, and I here's my thoughts on it. Gotcha. Um, so that's all. I'm just kind of doing it for like historic value. I mean, that makes value. sense. My only concern is what happens if Backlog goes away? I don't know how successful they are. I mean, I guess they're probably pretty successful. I've heard people mention them. The website seems like it's pretty fucking flash, and they probably got money to keep it running. But yeah. that would always be my concern of like, oh, what if I spend all this time, and and what if Backlog is my only source for this info, and it goes away, then I don't have any more record of it. You know, I'd I know. be kind of worried about that. But that's always like true of everything, right? Yeah. The internet, yeah. like owning all of our stuff. So yeah. Anywho, okay, so check that out. Um, and then one more box, and then I'll hand it over to you for a second. Okay. Uh, today is Indigenous Peoples Day. Yes. October 10th. Uh, yes. And is important to me being part native, as well as I'm using that as a uh, segue into a game I found out about called Project Gray. G R A Y. Never heard of this? It. No, I have not. So it's one person who made a game that's about a Native American fighting aliens. Okay. And I'm in. so I'm already in, yeah, right, which is the original Prey. Not the Prey you, you younger kids know about, but the no, original Prey. The Prey before the Prey. And so, yeah, I just wanted to give a shout out to uh, their game because they're looking for help, I think, to finish it. So the demo that's out there right now, if you just go to YouTube, type in Project Gray, you'll see the trailer. It's It, it wants to be an ambitious open world like action RPG <clears throat> adventure. So I just think that they need help finishing it. You know what I just realized? Person. Yeah, go help those people. That sounds amazing. I would love to get that off the ground. But you know what I just realized as you're talking, Carlos? Yes. The original mm-hmm. Prey. That is about a Native American. I think his name was Tommy, if I remember correctly. Yes, uh, I think so. Fighting aliens in space, right? Yep. And then time passes. We get the new prey, which has literally nothing whatsoever to do with the old prey. Uh, and that's about like, uh, I don't know, what was it, like shooting the goo gun or whatever in space? Like yeah, kind it's of a, like you know, um, doppelgangers and stuff. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so whatever. That had nothing to do with it. And then we get another prey, but this time it's a feature film going back to Native, Native Americans, Americans fighting aliens. Yep. So that means the next time we're going to get a movie, that's about the goo gun. We're, we're on a cycle. Oh, we're on a cycle. Well, before we leave it, and that is interesting, historical gray. Gray, I mean gray. Gray, I'm looking at the game. Historical prey. <laughs> prey, gray. Wait, there's another connection. What's yeah, happening? Some, something's going on here. There's wheels within wheels. Oh, my goodness. Everything's just the Matrix. And I'll, I'll get to that later in this episode. Um, it, it's a, a one-man development studio in South Korea. And the Project Gray, the game is currently wait, being wait, wait. South Korean dude is doing the Native South American Korean game? dude is doing the Native American game. Oh, so that man. is an issue, maybe. That, I'm a little mildly. I'm, I don't know if concerned is the right word, but I guess I guess I have questions. I have questions as well. It's a Korean studio, um, but I also want this game to be made. And uh, however you get made is a Native American fighting aliens. I want it. So, you know, I, I don't know. That's a, it. Opens up a bigger discussion, but. I'm still going to promote it because oh, I want man. it to happen. That's like totally like a monkey's paw wish you just made, dude. Did Whatever I? Whatever it takes to get this made and then it's going to come out and it's going to be something that's really like culturally inappropriate and kind of embarrassing or something, you know? Like, oh, what if it's terrible? Oh, man. 
What if it's like really like embarrassing to, to indigenous people? Or he uh, or she uh, brings in a bunch of Native American developers. That would be great. So how about that? That's that's how I'll make this segment there okay. You there you go. That's what I want to happen, and I'm putting that out into the universe. Moving every, on. Every Native American developer, please get in touch with this guy in South Korea and make this happen. Well, okay. Now I'll talk about it for a second. <laughs> Where the hell is the Native American developer, game developer, um, anything, right? Where's I don't the, know, man. I have no idea. Let's make a collective. I'm, I'm going to do it, by the way. I, you better I, start it yourself. I, you know what? I'm going to do it because I, I'm not telling anybody until just now, but I'm starting a company. And you helped me start it, by the I way. I did. I did. So we'll talk about it later. But in this company, I think I'm going to try to figure out a way to bring some Native American game developers together. I think you should. That would be a great Oh, idea. that's exciting. Well, see, it's good I brought it up. And thank you to that person in South Korea for getting us kicked off. Yes, thank you. Okay, well, open some boxes because I'm going to Okay, take a just break. a couple. Nothing huge. Um, I want to circle back. I think it was last episode we talked about the game Chaos Head Noah, which... Um, for whatever random reason, got banned from Steam for being inappropriate. And, I mean, I guess I don't need to remind everybody that Steam is home to, like, 85 kajillion porno games. Yeah. And this is just, like, a sci-fi visual novel. And people are like, what the fuck? Like, why are you banning this game? It's it's on the Switch, dude. And if it's on the Switch, you know it can't be that bad because Nintendo doesn't let anything super hardcore get through. And they're like, why is it banned on Steam and not the Switch? So the fans of the game, fans of Spike Chunsoft, who are the makers of it, fans of the series which I believe, oh man, I said what the series was last time, and I forgot what the series is. Um, it's a long-running series. It's got like multiple uh, entries. Anyway, they're like, what the hell? What the hell? What the hell? And they started throwing a lot of guff towards uh, Steam, and they made enough of a ruckus that they went back and re-reviewed their process. Um, and so it is now unbanned. It is oh, unbanned. Oh, there you go. So here's the here's the really quickie statement from Steam. They, they put out a quick uh, PR release, and they said, hey, Valve's content review team, the group that made the decision, has re-examined Chaos Ed Noah and decided to reverse course and allow the game to ship as is. We've also examined the process that led to our decision and made some changes to avoid situations like this in the future. There you um, go. I don't, I don't know for a fact, uh, but I heard some people rumbling, people who probably know, uh, because I know a lot of people and people know people. And they're kind of like, you know, this particular process was just some person who personally didn't like this thing. Like, I, I my, this is just, the feedback I was getting was that this process for approval is probably way more personal and arbitrary than people would ever assume it to be. And this is one of those ones that kind of highlighted that. So I don't know that's for a fact. I've just kind of heard rumblings. Uh, but considering the stink this made, I think that maybe Steam or they should go back and really kind of make this more official, maybe get some better criteria really kind of like look at what they're doing because this was a real, real big fuck up. I mean, it was just a real strange out of nowhere thing they did. And I'm sure embarrassing for people all the way up the chain. Yeah. Well, they fixed it. That's one part of it. Yeah, they did. But you know, but thank you to the fans, right? I mean, if it wasn't for the fans yep. of Spike Chunsoft and of the series, it would have stayed banned forever. And people, I mean, you could play it on switch. You could play it in, I'm sure you could probably play it somewhere else, but just, just really dumb, really dumb that they did this. So yeah, uh, the only other box I have for housekeeping, I just wanted to put a bow on the, um, GoFundMe. Like we're not going to ask for any more money. We're going to probably close it down, uh, pretty soon. So this is not a pitch. I just wanted to circle back and say thank you to everybody who donated. Um, we did not meet our goal, which was a bummer, but we did get enough money for the new microphone. We did get enough money for the, uh, the memory, uh, hard drive that we needed. And we did get enough to get a good chunk started on a new PC. So we got a pretty good amount of it done. I really want to thank everybody. Um, who donated you will be hearing that new microphone sooner rather than later 
And just quick shout out to everyone who donated. I read off some li- some names last week. Um, so thank you to everybody. And I want to just thank the remaining people who donated between now and then. So it was. Yeah. Uh, thank you so Dirk- much. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It was Dirk Hase, uh, good man, John Rogers from Gaming in the Wild, one of our favorite people, one of our favorite podcasts. Uh, SJ Easton, I don't know if I thanked them already. They were on the show. They were around the, the window last week. So I may have thanked them last week. If I did, double thanks. And we had a number of anonymous people right at the end. So, you know, I, I wish I could thank you personally. But uh, in any case, thank you for your donations. A lot of really generous folks out there, which was awesome. So thank you to all the anonymous folks. And thank you to everyone. Um, we're going to wrap it up. And, I, I you know, we're going to be getting that new mic and the new hard drive and uh, new PC sooner rather than later, hopefully. Um, but, yeah, thanks to everybody. It was awesome. And we really appreciate appreciate, if I could say it. Or you could really, just say appreciate. That's like appreciate. We appreciate every single yo, dollar. We yo, do. everybody, yeah. we appreciate, okay? We appreciate. We, we appreciate. Do. Yes. All right. So that's all I got. What else you got? And you'll hear that microphone sooner than later, like you said. Very soon. I'm going to probably order it this afternoon. Throw it up there on the Amazons. Get um, it. So I got three little boxes. One's a bigger box, but I'll just kind of go through it quickly. Obviously, the Super Mario Brothers trailer dropped. Oh, yeah. We watched that. We yep. did. We did. And in general, you know, before it gets the Mario's voice and Chris Pratt, which everybody has problems with, or lots of people do, um, you know, it, it looked fun. I was like, oh, my goodness. It looks super cool. Like, the graphics look amazing. Uh, Keegan, I think it was Toad and didn't sound like Keegan. He just sounded like, you know, a weird Yeah, they're character. doing voice modulation on a lot of the voices, which is strange because they're hiring big name stars, but then they're modulating the voices to make them sound different. Although Bowser sounded like Jack Black still. I mean, it was a yeah. little modulated, but we definitely recognizable. For yeah, sure. and I and I do like that pairing. I think it works really well. Weirdly enough, I don't I don't have a problem with that one. And so yeah, then obviously everybody's waiting for Chris Pratt to say something. They're very wise in the trailer where he doesn't say much, you know. Yeah. Uh, so it's a very quick line, and maybe he doesn't speak a lot in the film, but he probably does speak more. So yeah, he's got like a light kind of Italian New Yorker accent, kind of you can kind of tell. Um, some people like are losing their shit. Some people like, like it. I don't know. But, um, I use that opportunity to put up a uh, poll on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw this, but like the original creator of the Famicom, um, I'm not, I'm going to butcher his name, but my, Masayuki, uh, um, uh, Umara, Umara, whatever. I don't know. I saw the poll, but I don't know what his name yeah, is. Yeah. So he went on record a long time ago saying that, um, Mario is Japanese and not Italian. And he just had the name Mario. But he didn't. He didn't create Mario. He though. didn't. He didn't. I know. But I, I, you know, in the development with uh, Miyamoto, maybe like they talked about it. I don't know. And then Miyamoto, Miyamoto said he's an Italian plumber from New York. Yeah. Um. So you get both well, answers. But what was the what was the poll results? The poll results. He's Italian, which I think we all just kind of. I mean, by a landslide, <clears throat> right? Yeah. Eighty twenty. And so, yeah. and then if you remember the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, he was like overly Italian. And in the Super Mario Brothers movie, he was Ed Cost. Bob Hoskins or whatever. Yeah. And um, Captain Lou Albano for that super show, man. That yeah. Was classic, yeah. Classic yeah. shit. But anyway, so like, um, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I'm going to care as much as I initially thought I would. I don't want the same actors to get all the parts for sure. And I don't think, um, uh, what's his butt? The guy who does the actual voice. <clears throat> I always forget his name. I feel bad. Oh yeah. I know you're talking. Charles Char- Martinet. Yeah. Martinet. I don't think, you know, people have said like, I don't know if he could sustain a whole film by doing that like exaggerated voice the whole time. Right. Or maybe right. it would be annoying to all of us. So I kind of get that. And it's kind of a reboot in a way where you could see he's like showing up there, you know, like walking Arriving around. Arriving in the Mushroom Kingdom Mushroom for the Kingdom. very first yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, I mean, I'm not as mad anymore. I don't know. How about you? 
I mean, I, I don't think I was ever mad. Um, I may be a little bit mad at the Chris Pratt thing, but I think the only thing that I'm mad about is I, I just don't like it when we've got a ton of really, really talented professional voice actors yes. who their jam is being a voice actor, right? And it kind of just grinds my gears a little bit when we have all this talent out there uh, doing cartoons, doing anime, doing voiceovers, whatever. And then here come the, these Hollywood dudes who I guess have nothing else to do and they and they just like show up as kind of like being themselves or doing like a riff off of themselves. Like they're not voice actors. They're just actor actors, which is a totally different skill. Yep. And I, I kind of, I kind of get pissed when everybody in Hollywood who's a voice actor gets kicked to the curb. I mean, they're going to be like mushroom number four and they're going to be uh Koopa number seven when they should be like the stars, you know, like get people who do this for a living. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of a bummer to me. That's really the only thing I'm mad about. But other than that, uh, other than that issue, which is not going to be solved by me, uh, you know, it's fine. I mean, if you like, the idea of the Sonic movie existing, uh, then you probably will like the same thing here. I mean, it, 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 there, Sonic proved there was a market, a huge market for this. Kids came out by the millions to see it. It made a ton of bank. Of course, Nintendo wants some of that money, and it seems like the CG technology is there. They can do a much uh, much better stab at it this time. So I'm not mad. I'm not. Mad. It seems fun. It seems cool. So we'll definitely go see it. my son. Uh, 13 he was like on fire he's like oh let's go watch this now and you know he was yeah. ready so yeah. yeah and i would agree with you on the voice acting because again that's just in general voice actors don't get the credit or the mm-hmm. recognition and it's ridiculous and exactly they exactly um and so yeah I'm, I'm with you on there but uh at the same time i think it opens up a franchise for them you know where they're like okay what movie do you want to do next now in this universe i mean think about yeah. it it's yeah. crazy also someone on twitter said um yeah, he sounded like linda from bob's burgers if you go back and listen, it sounds just like her, which is hilarious. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, we'll leave that alone. And then the other thing I just want to mention real quickly is I op- uh, I created the tower in Saints Row. Oh, I was going to ask you if you ever finished your tower, your uh, yes. your little eight, your clicker tower that you were playing idly or whatever. Yes, $8 million it cost me. And I when you play that game, you earn money per hour by based on how much territory you own, you know, and kind of control. It was like a virtual cash app thing. You said people are sending you cash. Yeah. Well, the the districts are because I own them, you know, and the, gotcha. the gangs gotcha. and stuff. And so I was making it at my highest. I was making almost two million an hour. Wow. So, I mean, I still am if I go back in the I mean, game. That's like, that seems like a lot of money, but honestly, that's not even Bezos money. So still, oh, you're, you're still small sad. potatoes. Yeah. Anyway, so I got, I got it. I made the tower and I have to like mini spoil this because I, A, I know you won't do it. And B, I don't want to spoil it totally for people at home, but... It's worth doing because they do a cutscene that basically is a whole song long, song oh, okay. long. You get a little musical number, and it like harkens back to like all your things that you did in the game, and like what a really special thing to do for like people who want to stick with the game, you know, and see the, like the final final ending. It's like the true ending, if you want to call it that. Gotcha. And to be clear, this was like a totally optional thing, right? Just yeah, it's optional, to, right? but I'm yeah. saying it. I don't think it but is. Worth doing, but worth I'm doing. saying if you love the game as much as I do, which I think a ton of people do, um, yeah, go and do that. And again, it's not. it, it th- seems out of reach because it's $8 million, but just like get more territory. And as you do, that per hour money will go up. And then just keep your PlayStation on or Xbox on and just like let it accrue. Yeah. Isn't so. that funny to think, though? <laughs> Um, speaking of Jeff Bezos and, and all those guys, like those guys who are like uh, the monsters of capitalism, ruining our earth, ruining our world. Yes. But they can just like Jeff Bezos just goes like in the back and just like jacks off to porn for like half an hour. And he comes out like 500, you know, 500 million dollars richer. Like in a day, he could be right. like he could literally do nothing. And he comes out ahead of the game. Like, I mean, I don't even know. He makes like what? 
$125,000 a minute or something like that or whatever it comes out to be. I don't know, but this is becoming much more of a depressing Monday because I mean, of it this is. idea. It totally is, but I just, I just, it makes me mad thinking of these guys who are just fucking around and like they're making so much money and he'd be like, whatever, $8 million. I went to the bathroom and came back with $8 million. What are you talking about? Oh, my goodness. And I'm, like, struggling for rent. Okay, awesome. Monday. (laughs) Well, I'm going to do one more fun little box, and then we really will get to the content, which is I just want to tell everybody that I'm playing Weird RPG still. I love that game. You should check it out. It's on Steam. I don't know if they listened to our podcast, but they did change the name to Weird RPG. Did Uh, they, like, after we put out the show? After we put out the show. because And it was after the show. But like on Steam, you mean? Like they changed on the Steam, it used to be Kanji, which I was correct on, and then the word RPG. So uh, for and the Kanji yeah. really kind of said strange uh, when it was translated. So, anyways, you couldn't find it. It was hard to find if you just right. typed in weird exactly. RPG. You couldn't find exactly. it. Exactly. So now it's changed. So it's weird RPG. And so. you talked to him on Twitter, didn't you? Or, I did. They're they aware of our podcast. They are aware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gave him a shout out, and then the publisher gave a shout back and said that they liked it or something in our coverage. So. Um, so anyways, shout out to them. Check it out. But I want to say, minor spoiler again, and I think I told you already, probably in DMs, but um, after the first stage, which is like very traditional RPG, monsters, etc., you get to a castle and you get to fight the castle. You do something without totally spoiling it, and you go to a hub world that's not fantasy at all, and there's actually kind of a creepy like real world house and you're walking around it and there's like horror, like there's like blood on the walls yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. scary, go back and whatever. And then there's like futuristic stuff as well. So it's kind of like a, it's like a mishmash kind of all in one sort of thing. Isn't it? It's it yeah. Like they really go between, between elements there. You know what it reminds me of is GURPS. That's a old school callback. Yeah. GURPS. A little the, bit. um, the tabletop, uh, a role-playing game where you can play sci-fi fantasy and everything mixed in between so yeah, yeah it's a mixture of stuff and that's really fun and the game's fucking cool anyway check it out check it out check it out let's All get right. to video games let's get to the video games um we're gonna keep the energy rolling with you sir i think uh you played a little game from a unknown unknown director dipping his toe in a video game some guy named alfred hitchcock never heard of that guy before never heard of him he's put out a game called vertigo um so I don't know a lot about this other than obviously the, the movie tie-in reference. Um, so you played Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo, which is quite a feat since he's been dead for years. So how is this guy developing a game? That's what I want to know. Right. He's not. That's the first thing. He, oh, he, it, man. he didn't make the game. Already, we're just starting the segment. I've already been fooled once. That's not cool. Are you out? Are you, are, I'm you're out. already out? If, he, if Alfred didn't touch it, I'm out. So <laughs> he, he definitely did not touch it. And if he did, that's a weird, creepy thing for them to do. That is a very strange thing. All um, right. So Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo. I don't know anything about this other than title so why don't you fill us in man well why don't i look up the developer name which i didn't do because we don't do well, let me do that and you, talk. Oh, you do I'll that okay so vertigo is a kind of a point and clicky adventure but at the same time you do move your characters around sometimes so it's a kind of a mixture of the two i don't know what kind of game you call that um where you're it's basically an adventure game mystery game suspense game uh, and you're trying to figure out what's going on but then also it's like a point and click where you can like choose different things in the environment and uh, do things with them. So the the story starts off really, really like everything I say is a spoiler, so I'm not going to say much. But the story starts off with a really weird issue with a character, and maybe some deaths, and you don't know what's going on, and the character doesn't seem to know what's going on, which is kind of fun because you know you're all confused. Sure. The music is very, very Hitchcock, and it's like beautiful. Um, 
there's this is the pro section by the way, but there are definitely cons. Uh oh. Um, okay. And I say the pros because the music is so epic and it makes you feel like Hitchcock. And this is suspense moment. You know what's going on. You're kind of controlling this character who's confused, and you have to make some big choices like, do I jump off a bridge or not? Like some crazy stuff in the very beginning. Are these like like QTEs or how is this happening? Yeah, like what as you move your character around. Sometimes you're not even moving a character, but if you are moving a character, you know you kind of like uh, use right analog on the console and you move around to like an area on the screen, and then it gives you options on that area. So it's like a point and click in that way. So it's like, you know, you're near, you move towards like a car, you move towards like a bridge and it says two options, right? Gotcha. And you can hit different buttons to do which okay. one. I'm so with you. that's it. Um, but again, sometimes you're not doing an actual controlling a character. Sometimes you're just like moving your cursor around, right? And seeing what's on the screen. Okay. Uh, in the beginning, you kind of do a combination of both. But like, yeah, after that kind of traumatic, really huge, epic movie moment kind of opening, it chills out. And now you're with this character who experienced all these crazy stuff. And you don't even know what happened. And he doesn't know what happened. You kind of play as a therapist for a minute. And now you're the therapist kind of interviewing him and trying to see what's going on with him. And um, again, I'm not going to say much because it's all spoilery. <clears throat> And then you switch back to him again because you're going through his memories. So I'm never a fan of that because I like playing one character. Right. Um, right. And I know you can play multiple characters in lots of things, even RPGs. But for me to kind of get invested and the beginning is so much about him and this mystery, I it was a little off-putting to be the uh, therapist all of a sudden. Reminds me a little bit of like uh, like Fahrenheit or whatever. Is it something similar to that? Remind me of Fahrenheit? Oh, like Indigo um, Prophecy? Indigo Prophecy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so, yeah. Um, but the different perspective. I mean, like, the characters are bigger, like, on screen, right? There's still, still third person when you move around. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, like, closer behind the back, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, the art style I'm not in love with, it's kind of cartoony. And the main character's eyes are really big, and my eyes are big, so it's not a big eye thing. But it's just, it's like they're over exaggerated. Everything's like very, very, yeah, exaggerated cartoony in a way. Okay. And so I wasn't in love with that art style. Um, and so then, anyways, as you get to the part with the therapist and the part where you play these flashbacks, the music's gone. Like all that beautiful stuff that was in the beginning of the game was so Hitchcock. Do you think it was a bug? Like, did the music drop? No, out? no, no. I just think that it's the way they developed the game. I'm feeling like I'm up. I'm getting close to a point where there's going to be one more of these tension moments. Okay. And I bet you the music's going to come back in. But it's almost like they cooked me so well in that beginning, and that's the pro that okay. it feels like Hitchcock. They even do the zoom thing, like in remember, like in Vertigo the movie. There's like that zoom, um, yeah. push zoom thing. Mm -hmm. And they do that in the beginning of the game. And I'm like, this game's going to really get me. But then I'm doing a lot of these flashbacks and a lot of these slower prodding things. And there's no music. And it also feels a little boring. So <clears throat> I'm conflicted. I, I'm going to keep playing because I feel like if they can do more of those moments in the, like the beginning, it's going to be awesome. Because that really did feel like Hitchcock in the beginning. I think I was like amazed they pulled it off in a game. Uh, and then now it just feels slow. Like here's an example. Uh, I'm in a flashback, and I've got to like write because he's a writer. The main character is a writer, and you have to feed your cat, and the cat's crying. So you go down to feed the cat, and every action takes a little too long. Like there's a pause before I can even have an option of feed the cat or not, and then when you do select it, 
there's another pause. You know what I mean? Like before he like actually feeds the cat. Just like a second or two? Or? Yeah, just a second or two too long. And so everything just seems like it takes super long to do. Hmm. Um, and then you meet another character who shows up at your house and it's kind of weird and it doesn't feel believable. And well, the sh- it's a miniature, miniature spoiler, but you like let this woman stay in your house for a little while. I, all Is that I, the unbelievable part? Yeah, I kind of. There'd be a lady staying at your house. She's a stranger. (laughs) Not in general. Okay, I've had one lady stay at my house once. (laughs) I know what it's about. All right. Uh, Sorry, that seemed like we just played pinochle and then she left. But is that what the kids call it these days? No, yeah, we we played the the card game pinochle. Sure, sure. Uh, You're trying to make some story up that didn't happen, but. No, I like man, it. I'm just... <laughs> I should say yes and. Maybe it, it, yes, it and did happen. <laughs> Wait, let me anyway. do a flashback like him. Maybe it did happen. Maybe it did happen. But so the, the main game, what you're doing is you're playing these flashbacks a lot of it, right? You know what I mean? Yes. And yes, then yes. you kind of jump back to the therapist. I don't know how it's going to racket itself up. I'm sure it will. And I would like to play more real time of like what's in the present day. So I'm hoping it jumps back to that more. But in general, I think that... I'm kind of 50-50 on it because the intro is very good. I mean, like, 8 or 9 out of 10. Like, so cool. I'm like, whoa, what's happening? Why is that person dead? Am I going to jump off a bridge? Why is Hitchcock music so good right now? They did the pinch uh, zoom thing, you know? And then now it's slow. Now I'm going through flashbacks, and I'm a therapist, and I'm also him. So I'm confused on it. Okay. Is that what you thought it would be when I me saying it? No, I mean, I had, I honestly had no idea what really to expect. I mean, I know the movie, and mm-hmm. I was like, well, how are you going to make a game out of that whole movie? I mean, it's, it's just not, insane. it's not even yeah, close. It's not, not even close. Yeah. So. It's its own little mystery that has a really good hook. And then I don't know about the middle. And we'll, we'll see if they could stick the landing. But I think it's worth checking out because if you like mystery and like adventure games, then that's yeah. definitely what this is. So I guess just one clarifying question before we move on here. So I guess I'm a little bit hazy. If this is not a video game remake of the movie Vertigo uh, and Alfred Hitchcock is dead long time ago, happened, uh, yeah. what, why are they calling it Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo? Like what is, how do they, how are they laying claim to that name or what is the connection? I don't know how I would, I would know that. <laughs> um, I don't know because, um, I, I know that the music might even be the same. I mean, the music felt so compelling. Yeah. Again, we don't do homework, so we don't even know if it's the same. It probably is, maybe. Um, but I think it's just that general sense of like, I don't know what happened. I'm confused. The audience is confused, just like in the movie, right? You're like, wait, is that the same girl? You know? And so the very beginning of the game feels like that kind of setup. You're like, I think I know who the main character is, but is that person that person? You know, at some point he says, like, his daughter died, and they're like, you don't have a daughter, you know? And it's like, dun, dun, dun. So <laughs> I think it's a lot of that, maybe. So maybe, like, I mean, that's that's kind of a weird connection. I mean, I, I totally get what you're saying, but I, I if the developers are calling it Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo because of a sense of confusion and suspense, I mean, that's like, I, I don't know that Hitchcock really patented confusion and suspense. Like, that seems like a weird thing. I wonder if there's more to it than that, but. There, there probably is, and I should probably look it up. Um, wait, hold on. I just go to Wikipedia. That's fine. We, let's, oh, let's by the way, it's on. made by a Spanish studio, by the way, called Pendulo Studios. Pendulo, yeah, I had that here, and it's put out by Microids, and they do they do stuff like this. So yeah, loosely based on the film Vertigo. Loosely is definitely 
Right. Um, I mean, what you said doesn't sound anything like the movie. So no, I I think for me again, it's just like some of the camera work, the music, and the mystery feeling, and not knowing what's going on. Like that. I mean, again, in the very beginning, they nailed it. So I think right. it's definitely worth it. Just at least a checkout, if anything. All right, there we go. That is Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo, and you're playing it on what PC, PS, PS4, PS5, and I think I'm going to keep playing because I want to see if the, it does another moment like that. Beginning. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, let me talk for a minute about Serial Cleaners. Uh, this is a game that just came out maybe a couple weeks ago. Playing it on Xbox, and this is the sequel to a game called Serial Cleaner. Is it? Uh, I didn't know it was a sequel. Yeah, I had heard of Serial Cleaner. Um, I didn't. I guess I just didn't realize that it already had a sequel. I thought that maybe this was a remake of some sort, but no, it is actually a full-on sequel. Hmm. Um, one of our newer writers at the site is covering it. The review hasn't gone up yet. It's going to go up this week. And I put some time into it as well. It is a... How do I even describe it? It's a, thir- a third-person game. Um, it's not quite top-down, but it's almost kind of a top-down game. And you play a series of four cleaners, meaning that you are a professional person who goes to remove evidence, hide bodies, and wash away blood from murder scenes. So anytime a criminal goes and does something, uh, you go, you get hired to go and clean up that scene. So, so it sounds like a shitty job. I mean, if you get paid well enough, it's probably better than some jobs I've had. Mm. I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. I clean up dead bodies if the money was right. Um, so I guess, okay, so, so you start off as a crew of four. And it's, it's actually a pretty cool frame story because you get there and it's kind of like these four people who are on a team. And they're like, hey, it's actually Christmas and we're going to celebrate. And, and the way that we're going to celebrate is we're going to be drinking boozy eggnog. And we're all going to tell stories about our favorite capers and how we met and that kind of thing. So each level that you do is kind of like one of them telling a story in the past. So like the present day is the four of them having a party, but then they're all like, oh, hey, you remember that one caper I did? And then you go into that level and do that caper. Mm, So kind of of a cool little thing. Gives you it, it, It saves the developers from having to string all the levels together, right? Because they don't have to like lead one into another. It can just be. One level's at an arcade, one level's at this uh, street corner, one level's in a shop, and they don't need to have a narrative through line because the narrative through line is we're just telling stories about stuff we've done in the past. So, neat trick. Um, The gameplay is pretty cool, and I I like the way that it's gamified, and I don't say that often, but I was really curious as to how this game even played. I never played the first one. It's kind of like a stealth game but not really and it's kind of like an arcade game but not quite it's kind of a blend of all those things whenever you get to a level and this is kind of third person semi overhead you'll uh, you'll hit a button and you'll see on the big map like okay there's a dead body over here there's a dead body over there there's a bunch of blood over here and then there's like a gun and some evidence over here like you see these call outs on the map and in every map there's always at least a couple cops that to me was like what the hell how am I supposed to clean anything up when there's cops here um, but you like you you run in there and you like run around them and dodge and stuff. And I say it's gamified because you're, you're like, you bring a vacuum cleaner to clean up the blood, which already is kind of weird. Um, you got to pick up the bodies and run around with them and take them back to your, your drop point. Usually it's the back of your car. You're carting these bodies away and you're, you're like running and grabbing evidence and stuff, but the cops are there. And so you want to try to like stealth around them if you can, like, and they're, they're really dumb. They're really um, limited vision you know, it's none of this is realistic. You're not going to think this is a simulation in any way. Like, for example, like, uh, you know, you'll be in a room carrying a dead body and the cop turns his back. And so when he turns his back, you're like running through the room with a dead body on your shoulder. I mean, in real nice. life, that would make like so much noise and yeah. so heavy, you know, 
there's no way you can pull that off. But in this game, you just skate past and the cop doesn't see. Um, or sometimes uh, you'll distract them with something. Or even worse, uh, not not worse, I don't mean to say worse, but but even more extreme is like sometimes you can, uh, there's like a blood trail on the floor. If you run really quickly and you slide on the blood, you can like um, crash into a cop, knock him down for like five seconds, and then pick up whatever evidence you have and run. And as long as you leave the room, the cop will like forget that you were in that room five oh, seconds later, right? That's so funny. So it's very gamified in that, like, you're not, like, it's not one of those stealth games where it's like, oh, I got spotted and I got to restart the whole level. It's just like, I got, I got spotted. Now I need to run around for five seconds or I need to duck behind something for five seconds hmm. and they will forget that I'm there. They'll go back to their normal routine. Um, that sort of a thing. So it's gamified in that way, but I don't, I don't mean that to be bad because I think it's actually pretty good. Um, it gives the game a very fast paced kind of arcadey feel. Um, you don't really stress about it too much when you get spotted uh, because you're like, Oh, whatever. I'll just, I'll run around. We'll do some keystone cops maneuvers for a little while and then he'll just forget about me and I'll go back to doing what I'm doing. Um, so I, I do like how they've they've come up with this formula where it's stealthy, but not really, arcadey, but not really, not really a sim, um, but there's also a little bit of sim elements to it. So I do like what they've come up with. I think the basic bones of this game are actually pretty fun. I think it's pretty fun. Um, each level is different. You know, like I said, each level is a story. So like in the first level, you're like at some, uh, some store. There's like one level that's set at a cabin where you're putting bodies in the wood chipper. There's like one where you're like in a street. There's one where you're uh, like in an arcade or something like that. So every level, I think I think the, the hook of this game beyond the gameplay is that the, each level is so different. You have to really kind of change up your tactics or like really you can't settle into too much of a groove because, for example, uh, in the convenience store that you go to, there's lots of shelves. You can always duck behind a shelf. There's like a ladder. You can go to the top of the store. There's like lots of places to go. But then when you go to the arcade, it's like this wide open space where like the only places to hide are like on the periphery of the building and the middle of the building is kind of like this giant open space. And so the cops are there, like, what do you do? So it kind of changes that. I also, each person of your team of four has a different power. Um, your first guy is kind of your middle of the road guy. You have a, a lady who's a hacker. She's really weak. Um, so she can only drag bodies. She can't carry them, which is a lot slower, but she can also like hack computers. And so she'll hack a computer and like turn on a TV at the opposite end of the building. And when people go to investigate, it clears you a path on the other side, like where you are. Or uh, one of your guys is called like a psycho. He's just like really strong and unstable. And whenever he, he can knock cops all the way out by throwing pieces of dead bodies at them. Oh shit. Um, and he runs really quickly when he's got a big body. Uh, he just, he's just got the brute strength. And then one lady is uh, an artist who got sucked into the business accidentally. She can spray paint like stuff to like distract cops. Like they'll walk through and they'll say, Hey, somebody wrote, um, fuck the police on the wall and what's this about and they'll be distracted for a little bit she's also like acrobatic a little bit so she can climb up walls and hop fences that other people can't wait um, so what? it's like oh i'm sorry yeah. go ahead no good no good i was gonna say my question is why wouldn't you just be the strong guy all the time then you you can't choose like one person oh. per level so everybody has their own level designed specifically for them <laughs> okay. we can't switch between them um that was one of the things i was kind of bummed about because i did i did feel like at some point i wanted to switch between the team and full disclosure i didn't finish the game so I don't know if that comes up later, but in the parts that I played, that was not an option. Um, so I, at one point, I did think you were going to go in with your crew of four and then switch between them. That would have been pretty cool. That doesn't happen. Um, also, I will say that there are no, as far as I know, there are no, there's no skill tree. There's no unlocking abilities or anything like that. So like once you get a handle on your four characters, um, the game kind of stays that way for a while. And that's ultimately kind of why I bounced. Um, I do think this game is fun and I had a really good time with it for maybe like a day. I got through maybe like a third of the game. And then I started to hit levels where I'm like, okay, um, this is 
cool, but like, I'm kind of just doing the same thing over and over levels are different, but, but it's not really changing, right? Like it's just, you're, you're doing the same abilities, same powers, same kind of formula. Um, so I, I do feel like the game kind of runs out of gas a little bit. I was hoping it would, you know, you'd unlock new, new things, get new tools, maybe a new member joins the team, or maybe you switch between team members or something like that to kind of make it fresh, but it settles into a groove pretty early on and it's fun. But once you get a handle on it, um, and for me anyway, I was like, okay, I got it. And I didn't want to just keep doing the same sort of thing till the end of the game. So yeah. I got through about a third and I really liked it, but I felt like um, it, it ran out of gas a little bit too soon. So it started to feel a little repetitive and the story is kind of fun, but it wasn't enough to like really like make me want to go through two thirds of the game more. So overall, I mean, I think it's a great idea. Um, I've heard the first game is actually really good as well. So I may go back and check that one out. I've heard that one's got a little bit more of a uh, story motivation and it plays slightly differently. So I might check that one out. Uh, but overall, great idea. It just needs a little bit more variety, I think. Or it just might not be for you because I don't think it's for me either. What it sounds like is a video game, <laughs> like a arcadey video game. You know what I mean? Yeah, it kind of is. It kind of is. So maybe if, if I mean, there's no scoreboard or anything like that. So there's no leaderboards. But Right. But a lot of what you, you're saying is like you're not picking the, the options. The story is not really bringing you along. It seems like stages. Um, there's no real uh, downside of getting caught. So you just kind of do it again. That, yeah. That sounds like a, you know, when I say video game, like, you know, old school gamey kind of thing. Yeah. Kind of just like an action sort of a base. It does yeah. have that, that feel a little bit at times. So maybe if people um, like what I'm hearing, definitely check it out. I don't think it's a bad game at all. I just, I just need a little bit more variety for me, but yeah. um, I'm sure that other people will find some value. I, and I found value too. So anyway, that is Serial Cleaners. Uh, there you go. Let's bounce over to you and talk about Moon Scars. Uh, I, this is a, what, some kind of a 2D Souls-like or something like that? Yeah. I, so many times in this show, you'll be like, um, <clears throat> is this a... Uh, and then you'll say exactly what it is. And I'll be <laughs> like, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that, we're done. That, you said it. Well, that's why I make the big bucks. Man. I know, dude. You're like, is this a uh, blah, blah game developed by blah, blah, published by blah, blah, and has a three quarters view perspective? Yeah, that's it. Uh, cool. So this, that's it. The, that's the game. And you can check it out on Steam. <laughs> it's $19, $20. Nice, nice. So anyways, I checked it out on Xbox because it's part of their Game Pass right now. They're, uh, have you heard of that, the Game Pass? I have not heard of Game Pass, yeah. although I have heard that Xbox is the best place to play games. That's, um, you know, debatable. Uh, but the Game Pass is a thing, and you can play free games on there, but you don't. they're not really free because you have to pay for Game Pass. And uh, sometimes you're not, you don't know how uh, many games or which games are on Game Pass because you can't find it. <laughs> it happened again, by the way, just last night. Did you lose the recently added tab yep, again? gone. Yeah, so weird. And if you don't know what we're talking about, just go to Game Pass and see if you see recently added. Sometimes you won't. Yeah. And we, we talked about this for like an hour last week. We sure so did. So we, we're over. we don't need to cover it again. Moon but. Scars is a game. The developer is Black Mermaid, which is a cool name for a developer. Cool name. Um, get mostly positive on Steam. Yeah, so it's basically a game we've kind of all played before. It's 2D, Souls-like action game. Light RPG. You're upgrading stuff, but um, and you're getting different weapons, a la Souls, and kind of working with those different weapons. So... Yeah, you're upgrading yourself. You do get better. You you do have kind of like a magical abilities or like super abilities. Uh, the one I was using a lot was right trigger and then, you know, super attack and like explodes people, which is fun. So the abilities are fun. The action's fun. It's done well. Uh, you could probably hear the 
inflection or downflection. I mean, voice. it sounds like you're already running out of juice talking about this oh. one. We have I feel like we haven't really started. Oh, we're done. And um, we're done. We were done in the beginning. <laughs> but uh, so I like the art style, some prose. I like the art style, which is you've seen it in Sanctuary, I believe. Uh, other games that are like 2D Souls where you can see that. Like kind Salt of, and Sanctuary, you mean? Salt and Sanctuary. I don't mean Sanctuary. I mean the one that you played that you liked. Blasphemous, right? Blasphemous. Oh, yeah, yeah that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it has that style, right? That kind of like almost, I'm not going to say drawn, hand drawn, but just like this really interesting, abstract, uh, simple, pixely style. And, you know, Metroidvania kind of gameplay in that way where the, the stages are 2D and you kind of backtrack or whatever. Uh, you have a hub world. So that's, you know, kind of souls like you in a way to um, area where you can upgrade yourself and also heal. Um, and yeah, the action is fun and does feel kind of weighty at times for a 2D. That's important to have, you know, when you hit enemies, it should feel like you hit them. But the biggest problem is similar to a lot of Souls games is that I feel like I was getting better and better upgrading my character, you know, doing feeling pretty badass. And then you get to those stages where... It doesn't matter how strong the enemy is. If they overwhelm you, you're in trouble. And it's like, what do we call it before? Um, when you had the magical armor, what do we call it? Oh, the super armor? Super armor. Like, basically, where you like, cannot stop the enemies? You can't, they, the enemies don't get staggered. They don't get staggered, yes. Yeah, yes, yes. so it's weird because it's like one, I'm on like, a, you know, Mario 2D styles screen and I'm going left to right and the first, you know, monster I, I meet, I hit him and it seems like he was going to get hit by me no matter what, right? Like my weapon was so strong. I hit him. He staggered and he fell back and he died. But then the next guy I hit, nothing happens to him, right? They hit me twice and then I hit them. I think that's wrong. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Or like, or yeah. I hit him and then nothing really happens where they can still get the hit in. They get two hits in me. And then because there's three of them around me, I'm fucked. And you're so like you're getting stun locked or just bounce between them. Yeah, I'm just and I'm getting like needlessly hurt because I know what my character and there's a lo pretty good tutorial, by the way. I know what my character can do by like, you know, pretty far into the game. I felt pretty good. And then I would just get to a simple stage and and get, you know, housed. And I don't know who that's for anymore. Maybe in like in this post Elden Ring era, we can reevaluate like the stun lock uh, super armor thing. Because, yeah, I'm still saying you can have strong enemies. But you know what? I don't even think I felt that as much in Elden Ring than I did in, like, Demon Souls. Yeah. You know? Because I feel yeah. like it kind of got... Like, I feel like the weapons and the magic I had in Elden Ring, I knew what I could do with them. And I wasn't surprised a ton about super armor type stuff where, like, I hit someone and they, they didn't get hurt in some way. So, right. anywho, I think that's the only thing that's taken me out of it. I still want to keep playing because the art style is really cool, and I really like the the atmosphere of the game. Uh, and oh, by the way, the colors are only black, white, gray, and red. So like that's the only colors in the game. Okay. Um, so it's got that kind of dreary look to it, but it's beautiful and weird, and does introduce like different abilities I would never think of, different monsters that I would think of. Um, and I just really like the feel of the game. So there's something really cool there. I didn't die a ton either, even though I just complained about Super Armor. Um, I don't know if I'm getting better at Souls-like games, but um, I like the dodge they have. Dodge rolls are important. Very important. Um, more important than you know. That's a foreshadowing to something I'll say later. Um, yeah, I, I like the game. That's all I'm going to say. I, it, the, the thing on Steam is mostly positive. That's mine. That's my review. 
Nice. Mostly positive. Your review is Steam says it's mostly positive. <laughs> well, and it's also my it's my view. So it's, let me ask you a question. Yeah. So what what I'm hearing from you is 2D Souls like mm-hmm. it's got kind of a dark, you know, uh, limited uh, monochromatic palette, but I'm not hearing anything that makes it stand out. Like I'm not hearing a hook. Like uh, there's no gimmick or some unique twist that Moonscars does that nobody else does. Is there anything like that? Because it sounds just like I mean, you know, not to be dismissive or anything, but like what you said could apply to like any one of a dozen different games. Okay, I know the the, the difference that I didn't mention, which is a little bit of the story, but is it's it's kind of telling that I didn't talk about it because to your point, the story to me, I don't want to say throw away, but it's definitely like not in the the foreground, right? I feel like it's I understand the world a bit and some of it's kind of a mystery, but I'm never thinking about that. I'm just thinking about like how can I get better? How can I get to the next area and jump up to this next section, you know? So that's what the game feels like to me. But the the unique selling point really is that you... I don't know if it's a spoiler. I think it's a selling point, not a spoiler. But okay. basically, you're not... At some point, you die. And um, you kind of are a version of yourself, which I guess, you know, does the kind of explanation why you can die and come back, which is kind of cute. Yeah. And the interesting point is that you actually kind of like are um, a vessel that you keep adding to. So again, it's a lot of these kind of descriptions on why you're playing um, this kind of a game where you can die a bunch and kind of keep upgrading yourself. But it is an interesting take on that where like there's the home base shows this kind of like, I think like you're dead you (laughs) and like you can kind of see how you're like adding to your body in a way, making it stronger. Uh, And I think they're kind of clones essentially is what I'm saying. Gotcha. Okay. And all this is told very early in the game, but I think that's the unique part of it is that, you know, you kind of position yourself that you're like, you know, making yourself stronger as this other version of you. So it's kind of got this dreary sadness to it, but what am I doing all the time? I'm just kind of going left to right, right? Fighting enemies. <laughs> so for me, it's really just about the action and it's fun. That's a positive actually. Yeah. Um, but I'm not thinking a lot about the story bit. That's why I didn't even mention it, but. Gotcha. Again, love the look, and there's just really cool spikes and a lot of blood, and um, yeah, it just feels really fun to do. Cool. All right, that is Moon Scars, and you said it's on Game Pass, is that right? It was on Game Pass, yeah. It's on Steam as well, 20 bucks, and there's a demo everywhere. I think there's demos, right? Um, I shouldn't say that. There isn't a demo anymore on Steam, but you can play on a Game Pass. There you go. Best place to play games. No, maybe not. Uh, let's see. Let me talk for a minute about Apico, A-P-I-C-O. Uh, this is a, an unusual one in concept. You are a person who, it's a 2D, lo-fi graphics, very basic graphics, like the um, overhead map, uh, pixel art, 2D. Your person is just like a little person, very simple. Uh, the trees are kind of like these green rectangles. Houses are just real basic. Like it's it, And I don't say this to be bad. It's just, you know, it's obviously the aesthetic they're going for, like these kind of lo-fi aesthetic. So very basic um, stuff. You're a kid who shows up to inherit, um, I guess, like a, I don't know, I guess a bee farm, I suppose. Um, and so the whole game is about like beekeeping. But it's not just beekeeping. It's also kind of like a resource crafting game a lot of crafting more crafting than i was expecting um so you show up at this land 2d land pixel pixely area uh you start you know collect rocks collect trees collect dirt like collect whatever and then you got to build like your crafting table and you got to build like wood and 
plane out the wood and then get some sticks and build some stuff. So like if you've played like any resource crafting game in the last 10 years, like that, that part is all just like very straightforward and uh, just right there. I was a little surprised, honestly. Um, I thought they would, I didn't realize the game was going to invest so heavily in that aspect of things. I thought we were going to get to the hook of the game, which is beekeeping. Uh, and that's the part that I was most interested in. So in addition to all of the uh, tree punching and like wood building and stuff, uh, you eventually see these beehives all over the place, and each beehive has an interior to it where you, it's like a little menu. There's like little slots to put in bees, there's like a little honeycomb thing in the middle. You can breed bees, you, there's a queen bee that's there, you can like manipulate those to do different things, there's different breeds of bees. Um, so it's, that part I think is actually pretty deep, and once I kind of took the whole game in, the whole thing is, is pretty minutia-based and pretty detail-oriented. So if you're a person who really loves to like dig deep into collecting resources, managing things, and if you like the idea of getting a bunch of bees and breeding the bees to so have maximum honey production, <laughs> and I'm going to crossbreed this bee with this bee, and I'm going to get this thing, and then if you plant certain flowers around your beehive, that'll make them function differently. Like some flowers make them like produce honey faster, et cetera, et cetera. Like if, if tinkering with 85,000 switches like that sounds interesting to you, this game is probably your jam. Um, I liked it, and I love the idea of beekeeping. I, as a matter of fact, my wife and I were actually kind of talking about doing it in real life. Um, just kind of generally, we're really deep in chickens right now, but we may end up expanding to bees. Um, so I was that's kind of why I was interested in it. And oh, it's, okay. it's just it's really, really deep. Um, it's a lot of detail, a lot of menus, a lot of stuff. But I will say, I will say the UI is really nice. I feel like the tutorial is extremely long but it is really thorough i felt like by the time i got done with the tutorial uh i i understood the systems really clearly they did a good system with that so i felt like it taught me the game no problem um so i, I give them kudos for that for sure um but once i got in there i'm like wow there's like a lot of stuff going on here and i don't know that i am that interested in being the detail-oriented bee breeder kind of dude um but if you like resource management you like building stuff you like crafting a lot of crafting and if you like the idea of like, I guess basically just crafting with bees, then this is your this is your jam. If you've been looking for that this whole time, it's here. This is it for you right here waiting for you. So very cool. I think it is very cool. I do not think this is the right game for me, but I do think this game is very cool. So if you like it, you're probably going to like it. And it got you thinking about bees and, and actually maybe doing some bees yourself. Yep, absolutely. As a matter of fact, uh, the guy down the street from us has uh, like three beehives in his front yard. And I was thinking about going over there talking to him about it. Um, but we haven't gotten to that point yet because we're still busy with chickens. So Yeah. Uh, all right. So that is Apico. Uh, pretty cool. Playing it on the Switch. I think it runs just fine. Uh, so no problem there. Oh, it's got a demo on Steam, too. There you go. Demo on Steam. Now I'm going to talk about uh, a completely different thing. It's called Space Raiders in Space, which I think is a funny title. That is a funny and title. And I give kudos to the developers for rolling with that title. I'm sure that must have been kind of an uphill sell. Uh, but I think it works. Um Maybe not exactly as descriptive as it needs to be, but I think the comedy value of the title is is a good win. It's going to get people to look at this title when they might not otherwise. This is a top-down... God, what kind of game is it? It's not a base builder. It's not a resource management. It's not a... I struggle to even describe what this game is because basically <laughs> what you do is like... It's not a lot of things. It's not. It's. I know what it's not. I'll tell you that. What it is is you take a team of people and you are in a top-down area you have a few seconds to grab resources uh and and that includes just like hit a button that says please grab resources and they will go get them and that's it 
You just get some resources. They, they search on their own. Okay. So it's not micromanaging. Once you get resources, you run back to the middle of the level and you got to build a little base. You got to put up walls. You got to put up traps, uh, get your guns and get ready. And then you have to defend. And for like 30 seconds, monsters will come streaming in. Hopefully they will be held back by your walls and your traps, uh, decoys, auto turrets, whatever. And then you shoot them as well. And then once the monsters go away, you go get some more resources and you hit the button. Please go get resources. Yes, sir. They go do that. And then you lay down some more defenses and just kind of go through that. That's like, that's exactly what the game is. Hmm. So I don't know what you call that. It's not a base builder. Um, it's, it's not really a wave shooter because all you do is push a button that says defend. And then they, they auto shoot tower defense. Um, I mean, maybe, but there's no towers. You're yeah. just kind of like in one spot, yeah. like spot defense. Spot I don't know. Defense, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what you call it, but, um, it's, but it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. Um, I'm playing it on the switch. I will say that it is better in dock mode because it's much bigger. I feel like there's a lot of detail on the screen. Um, not necessarily that you need it. I feel like that you can navigate pretty well, but it just, I appreciated the larger real estate. I think uh, it just looks better. Uh, very playable in the small mode though. But um, it's, you know, it's weird because I feel like this game is perfectly designed for quick bites. Um, once you understand how the game works, it's very easy to navigate, very easy to play. It's kind of satisfying in that you're not micromanaging things, but you're kind of like directing your dudes around and they, they follow the orders perfectly. Um, so that was done pretty well. And I, it, it is kind of satisfying just sitting there and having like a bunch of monsters stream in and they're just blowing them away, getting caught by your traps, getting caught by your auto turrets and stuff. So I feel like that is all fine. And each level is pretty short. I mean, I think the longest level that I've seen so far is maybe like eight minutes or 10 minutes. Like we're not talking huge time investment here. So I feel like mm. it's real poppy. Like it goes by really quickly. Um, so that's good. That's all good so far. Um, the things that I struggle with it um, I feel like the UI is a little bit messy and the developers even make a joke about it. They're like, oh my God, we can't design the UI one more time. <laughs> and so clearly this was like a point of contention. They kind of settled with something that looks kind of comic booky, which I don't think is very attractive. I think it's too busy and it kind of clutters up the screen. And in fact, I almost wish that they would have gone simpler with all the graphics and just gone for a cleaner look and just kind of focus more on the gameplay. Um, they, they look like you're kind of going for this like punks in space kind of vibe. Oh, and... Man. To be, to be perfectly honest with you, kind of a side note, when I started playing this game, and one of the first things that caught my attention about this game, besides the title, was I thought this was going to be an, uh, an adult game. I thought it was going to be an, an uh, XXX game. Okay. Because when you look at the art for this, it's very suggestive. There's lots of uh, boobage on display, and the main the title card for this game is like a woman, like... I mean, pardon my French, but she looks like she just gave several really sloppy blowjobs. And I'm, I'm like, going to pardon that French for yeah, sure. Yeah, pardon that French, please. Excuse <laughs> me, folks. But that's what it looks like. It looks like sweaty shenanigans. And then you get in the game. It's like, oh, this is that's not this game, even remotely. So I guess you got me. Weird. Marketing team. Yeah. You got me to click on your title card. So, I, you know, a little bit of lasciviousness there to, to draw folks in. But um, if they'd gone for a cleaner look, I think it'd be okay. But it's it's not terrible. I mean, I think it's it's pretty good looking. Um, it plays well, it plays quickly. Uh, the only other issue I kind of have with it is I feel like, um, there's not much variety so far. Like I was kind of hoping I would, uh, I don't know, maybe choose different people or get different skills. Um, you pick up different guns and stuff, but it doesn't really feel that different. And there are some new objects to unlock. Like you'll unlock like a better fence and like a different, you'll unlock like a decoy and different things, but it's kind of going kind of slow. Like I just, Again, kind of like I talked about with um, serial cleaners, good idea. 
it plays pretty well and I get it and I think it works. I just kind of need a little bit more variety from it. Yeah. So I'm still chipping away. I do like maybe one or two levels a night, but I feel like I'm kind of doing the same thing over and over. Now, to be fair, um, that's the campaign mode that I'm playing. There's also some kind of an online or like there's an endless mode. So I don't know if their ultimate goal is to get you kind of do like score runs or something like that. Oh, okay. Um, but I haven't gone into that mode. I've, I, I just wanted to play the story mode so I could eventually roll credits if I if I wanted to stick with it. So I haven't explored the other options too much, but that's the story mode I'm talking about. And so far, I mean, it's pretty good. Um, it's pretty good. There's a little bit of a fourth wall breaking in the script. Don't care for that very much, but the script is okay. And the gameplay is pretty good. Like it's another really good game that i think is maybe just missing like the little cherry on top but it's it's most of the way there yeah i'm gonna give it a check it out yeah check instead it out. of a check yeah, it maybe. out it's a check it out yeah. i guess yeah yeah i i, I kind of like it and i'm gonna i'm gonna keep uh putting some more time into it just because it's so easy to play on the switch like it really just goes down yeah like, smooth which is good so i appreciate that very much but uh, I, I think we talked yeah. about this before but you and i have been around since games were invented which is a real statement that we can make real statement that's facts uh that is facts and um yeah i think that my biggest reason why i don't play games like those two that you mentioned is because i don't know for me i played <clears throat> video game ass video games growing up and with points and with le- stages and i just i my taste change just like for now i like enjoy a good bourbon etc and i when i was a kid i probably would spit it up and or even as a uh, person in college would have hated it so yeah i need a game to have good story good something hooks like you're like we've been talking about all podcast yeah. Yeah. and without that without like a reason to to keep going then it's it's a tough sell for me yeah i kind of agree with that i mean i think um there's nothing wrong with that at all i think everybody's got their own tastes and yep you know what you like and I know what I like. And I definitely agree with you. Um, I, when I get to, it, it's actually really funny you say this because I was literally just talking about this with my wife. Um, I think most people listen to the show. know my wife is just as hardcore of a gamer as I am, which is why, uh, one reason why I love her so much and our relationship works so well. Um, but you know, I was actually just telling her, like, I was like, boy, you know, I have, I haven't finished a game in a while. I've been keeping track of that. Uh, and I'm like, you know, I haven't finished a game in a while. And I think because I just don't feel compelled. Like once I get the gist of the gameplay, I'm like, okay, like, for example, serial cleaners. Okay, I, I very quickly gathered what was going on, and there's no skill tree, so nothing was going to really evolve or change. Um, I played uh, Space Raiders in Space, when once I learned how to play it, I'm like, okay, cool. And it's not really changing that much. Like, the numbers are going up, the guns are getting better, but it's not really changing. Yeah. And the story didn't really pull me along, and I just kind of like, you know, if I bounce, it would be fine. Like, I, I had a good time with it. But, I, I mean, it's it's I, I've gotten in a zone where just playing the game, the act of playing the game physically is not enough for me to stay in a game for 5, 10, 15, 20 hours. It's got to be some story motivation or some reason to keep going, kind of like you say. Like, if I don't feel that pull, that that in- intellectual interest, yeah, um, I can appreciate your game just fine, and that's not a knock, but it's not going to get me to roll credits on it. No, and that's why in my backlog, you'll see a bunch of games that I've played and I haven't completed. Um, yeah. And the ones that, by the way, just recently I beat two games, right? Um, Valkyrie Elysium and... Uh, what did I beat before that? Uh, oh crap. What did I beat for before that? Oh, Saints Row, Saints Row. Saints Row. So both those were pretty <clears throat> recent, right? And rolling credits on those things felt really good. Like it, you feel like you've fully seen the movie or something, right? Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and I feel like we just watch a lot of shows when it comes to games. I mean, that's a metaphor, but yeah, but either way, it, sometimes that's just what you want, right? Like you just want yeah. to serial clean for a little while. It's just exactly. like you want to watch episode two of whatever. But man, oh man, those movies feel good to finish. 
Very true, very true. So I guess I'm kind of just floating along until I find the next thing that I really feel compelled to finish. So we'll see. We'll see. Maybe it'll be that uh, game that I'm going to try very soon and we could talk about later. We shall see. Well, All right, I'm going to throw on. it back to you. Yes. Uh, so you, you brought to the show Secret RPG. You are a man of secrets, a man of mystery. You have yeah. two secret games for this episode. What is the first secret game that I am hearing about for the first time just now? Oh, that is sure you are. I like doing that. Um, well, what's interesting... Oh, I just... Weirdly enough, I forgot to write the second one down. I'm writing it down on a piece of notepad. Behind the scenes, people, I have no notes for the second game. None. High tech. None. High tech. The yes. first game is just uh, one of the RPGs I played in the Steam Next Fest, okay. which I believe is over now, right? Yes? I don't know, okay. man. I, I, was, I was drowning during that whole time. There's so many games that came out during there, uh, tons of demos, but this is one that I was interested in because I played a game like this before. I'm going to forget its name, but... It never came out, I think, which sucks, and I think I backed it too. Uh, but it's a more top-down than three-quarters view. You know what I mean? Like it's it's real close to three-quarters view view of a little character RPG character, but it's a little more top-down as well. Um, and it's in the dark, and it's an RPG dungeon crawler. So you kind of just you know it's a demo, so there's not a lot of story right now. But um, speaking of story. But the mechanics and the feel and the art des- art design all looks really good, so I'm interested. What's it called? What's it called? So it is called Spark in the Dark. <clears throat> Spark in the Dark. Okay. You can look it up and see that style I was talking about. Yeah, dungeon crawler. I don't want to say souls like, but it is difficult, and they really want you to be like resourceful and managing your time. Uh, it's a demo, so it's still being worked on. But I like the feel and the look of it. It reminds me of an old game I backed. Um, it is basically about why they call it Spark in the Dark is you're a little RPG character. You, I, I played it on Steam with a controller, and it worked pretty well. Um, you can kind of like write analog face things as well and then move with your left stick. Uh, attack, defend, dodge roll. Dodge roll is a little slow, but I like it. It's a little slow. It might be slow because they're trying to make it like Souls-like and you can get hurt or something. But I, I did like how it uh, maneuvered. And then the hook is that as you get hurt, um, you have to run back towards the lights. So there's lights all around, and there's darkness all around. And so around the light, you actually get healed. So that's the, the fun hook of the game. Interesting. Okay. And so most of the game is being creepy, where you don't know where you're going. There's very few lights. It's dark. A spider comes out of nowhere. A skeleton comes out of nowhere. So there's the kind of jump scares. But then you dodge roll. You, get, you run to the lights if you're bleeding. And so I never died in the demo because I just really was smart about my resources, um, blocked when I needed to, ran away when I needed to. And so that's what maybe they're going for, which is kind of like explore this dungeon in the dark and then be really smart about it because you go on the corner and there's no light and you're going to die. So that's the thing I just want to bring to the show because I think it's cool. It's Stellar Fish as the developer and the demo's up still right now on Steam. Right on. I'm looking at it on Google right now. The graphics look pretty kind of dark and kind of spooky a little bit. So and they're kind of, uh, like really high def kind of in a way yeah, for 2D. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So, I would play this. This seems like kind of my jam. Yeah, I think it would be too. So I'm interested in that story, going back to that, and how they actually work on it. So hopefully there'll, there'll be something there. Right now you kind of just read things on the wall, and it's pretty simple. So, But anyways, I wanted to bring that to show because it looks cool. So check it out, the demo. Check it out. And then something I'll talk a little bit longer on. <laughs> What, did you laugh at my check it out? No, I'm sorry, I'm coughing. Excuse oh, you're me. coughing. I heard the sorry. cough and I heard... No, no, I'm, I'm trying not to cough in the microphone. I apologize. No, 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 it's fine. 
Uh, next time, just cough right in it because I would just <laughs> I coughed earlier and I didn't give a shit. Uh, the game I'm bringing another RPG is as I was doing my backlogged, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show. Yeah, yeah. I found a game called Zenith. Zenith with Z. Z e n i t h. Look it up while I'm talking because right, I'm gonna look it up. It said it was uh, it was in backlogged, and then I went and looked at it online. I was like, it was a comedy RPG, and I'm like, what? How have I not played this? I play all the comedy RPGs. There's not many of them. So I go to my PlayStation, load it up on the store. There it is. Was it oh, yeah, easily yeah, yeah. findable? And it says in my achievements that I played 42% of this game. <laughs> and you didn't remember it. And I don't remember it. So then I re-downloaded it. Okay. I put it on my backlogged. Thank you, backlogged. Um, re-download it because I own it. And I didn't have a save game, which, by the way, is a tangent. Where is that save then? Um, I think it's on my old PS4. I was going to say on your old PS4. Yeah, yeah, because it didn't get transferred to the cloud, right? Because I thought it would just be on the cloud, but it's not. So anyways, I had to start over, but I was like, well, that makes sense because I want to see what this game's about. I forgot it. It's funny as shit. It's just, Is it really? It's like Bard's Tale funny, right? Like Not like I'm losing my shit, but check out this beginning scene. I'm going to tell you a beginning scene, All right. which I might have told you on this podcast. And we probably talked about it because uh, as I'm looking at this game on Google, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember this coming out. I didn't play it, but it looks a lot like the old school top down Bard's Tale. And I remember the, P- the PR for it saying, oh, it's a comedy RPG. And I'm like, oh, Lord, like, I, you know, good luck to you, man. Those are really tough to pull off. But uh, we should we should Google after the show. So video games podcast Zenith to see if we reviewed it. I'm, I'm sh- we, we probably we probably talked about it. I'm OK, sure well, we anyways, I'm talking about it again in 2022, um, the year of the apocalypse. So it's funny because in the very beginning, you play, you know, that that fast talking RPG guy, uh, unfortunately, just white with a pompadour. You know, I say unfortunately white because all the main protagonists, it seems like, are just white dudes with, you know, good looks or whatever. But anyways, you play the game and you're like, you know, trapped and these elves are going to kill you and you're like trying to talk your way out of it. And at some point he says like, well, you know, the spiders are right behind you. And they're like, we're not going to fall for that old trick. He's like, well, you're lost. And then, of course, there's huge spiders behind the elves, and this is how you're going to escape. But as soon as they show up, the spiders all in succession go, hello, hello, hello. Like, oh, wow. Very Three Stooges or Monty Python or something. Sure, sure, sure. And I know that immediately sounds terrible to you. But that based does, on that I result. do love the Three Stooges, but that does sound terrible. Right. It's just like it knows it's being corny the whole time. And it's somehow that those can work. Like, Bard's Tale did that too. You know the retelling of Bard's Tale, third person game. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It, it 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 like knew it was being stupid. It knew it was being a video game comedy. So I think if you do that and you kind of like go all in, I'm having a good time with it. Like, and by the way, not to bring this up the fourth time in the show, but the dodge roll is pretty good. <laughs> well, that's all that matters. It really is um, in life and in business. <laughs> and life, love, and business. <laughs> Foreshadowing number three. But here's the thing. Why I like the dodge roll? Guess what it does? Similar to Greedfall. Uh, what? It rolls? No. Wait. And you dodge? No. <sighs> Come on. <laughs> I don't know what. What did Greedfall do? This is a, actually, uh, now there's a test for you. Is this the one where it kind of like rolled you around to the side of him or something? It kind of put you in position? Kind of. There you go. There you go. Yeah. It, it does the same thing where you can kind of move within the roll. Right. But that's right, right. super important. So anyways, I like the game. It's fun. It, the combat's okay. The dodge roll's great. The comedy's okay. 
But man, oh man, I'm I'm so uh, excited that back um, backlogged helped me remember that I was playing this game. Interesting. So Interesting. I'm going to keep playing it and beat it this time because it's ridiculous. It's silly. Do you remember much of it? Because you got through 42%. Are you remembering the jokes and stuff? Are yeah, you I'm almost remembering every section. Like like early on, you you have a golem that shows up that's your buddy. And he's like beating up this guy in the background while you're trying to have a normal conversation. Again, very Monty Python kind of in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I remember all the things that are happening, but like I don't remember them now. Like I can't tell you until I went through them. Does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. Like sometimes I, I don't remember something, but then I'm watching it. I'm like, oh yeah, right. I remember every single thing about this now that I'm watching it again, but I couldn't have told you this five minutes ago. Yeah, what a weird memory thing, but that's what's happening. So yeah, I don't I know. I, for me, I don't think you should play it. I don't think you would like the humor at all, but for me yeah. and for people who like kind of over-the-top corny humor sometimes, it's fun. There you go. That is Zenith. Zenith, right. check it out. on uh, PS5? PS4, PS4 PS5, yeah. All right, cool. Check it out. Check it out. All right. Uh, let me talk for a minute about Akane. Um, I think I've, I may have mentioned this on the show like a bazillion years ago. I have played it before, but it just got a re-release on Xbox X, PS5, so I thought it would be worth a quick mention. Uh, this is a top-down, oh man, hard as nails sort of a game that demands really quick reflexes, really fast twitch. Um, you play a woman named Akane, as you might have guessed. Uh, she... In the, in the opening scenes, she's like a little girl. She gets trained at some dojo, which I'm assuming is in future Techno Japan or something. Uh, learns how to use a gun, learns how to use a sword. And then you fast forward to the future. Kind of looks like a cyberpunky future uh, where everybody's got like implants and they're all cyborgs and there's neon. So it, it, obviously cyberpunk kind of a thing. Um, and so the, what, what is the game? The game is single screen. You're looking down at this like... Just, I don't know, like an opening, like a plaza or something, like a big empty space that's kind of like a street or something like that. You're in the middle of it, and you can move around, top-down, 2D, pixel-based, and goons come in from all sides. You've got your regular goon with, like, a sword. You've got some goons with guns. You've got cyber ninja goons. You've got big goons. You've got all your, all your flavors of goons. <laughs> come in and just endlessly stream in. And so what you need to do is you need to run around and kill every last dude with extreme prejudice. You've got a sword, and you will slice in whatever direction you are facing. Uh, you've got a little bit of a stamina bar for that, although it's pretty generous. So I haven't really like found running out of stamina to be a problem. Um, you can dodge, and you're like invincible when you dodge, but it's just like a really quickie dodge. You've got a gun that you have to stand still to shoot. You cannot run and shoot. you got to stand still to shoot. And if you run out of bullets, killing guys with your sword will recharge your gun. And the shooting is a twin sticky shooting kind of thing? Kind of a twin sticky shooting, except for you're holding still. But yeah, basically the same thing. You're aiming, though, right? Aiming, yeah, Yeah. exactly, exactly. Um, And that's basically what the game is. So you just start killing dudes, and you got to just survive. Everything in this game, uh, for you, is a one-hit kill. So there is no life bar. There is no no second chance. Like, you got to just not get hit, which is what makes it so freaking balls hard. It is ridiculously hard. Um, to, to support your gameplay, there are little in-game achievements that pop up where it'll say like, uh, kill 50 guys with your gun in one run. And then you unlock like the next gun, or it'll be like, uh, kill three big guys in one run and you'll get like the shirt or something. And, and every little thing that you unlock gives you like a slight twist to the gameplay. It's not necessarily an upgrade. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it just makes you control differently. Mm. 
Um, so for example, um, I like the gun. It's just like a straight up upgrade where it's like, oh, just get, get more bullets per kill. That's a straight up upgrade. But like later on, you get um, a sword where it's like, I believe it's like less stamina, but you also have like a charge move where you can spin around in a circle. So I guess if you don't mind having less stamina, then you can use that extra ability. Um, there's other, like everything you get, like is not necessarily just, just better. Like it's like, okay, well, how do I want Akane to play? What is good for my play style? But unlocking these things is really hard. Like I only unlocked a couple and I got to the point of where my frustration just started creeping up. And I'm like, mm. I like the way this game looks. I think it handles really well. Like it feels good to play, like in terms of control, real snappy. Um, I think it's a cool idea, but it's just really, really hard. And after a while of one hit kills, I'm like, okay, I'm good. Like I'm not gonna, yeah. like I got so close to unlocking like the 50 guns thing or the 50, shoot 50 guys. I would get to like 45, like every time. And then just like, you know, one, one dude clips my ankle or something and then I'm dead Yeah. or, you know, like something like that. So I, I think this game is cool. If you are an awesome kick-ass, like lead skills player, like go for it. I, I would really wish that the developers would just throw us a bone and like give us some sliders, right? Give me three hits. Give me two hits. Can I, uh, turn down the frequency of goons? Can I, uh, you know, just, just something. Yeah. Um, to, to modulate, if, if there was any kind of difficulty modulation in this, I probably would, I would probably want to go to the distance cause I think it's pretty cool, but my frustration and the limited time I have means I'm not going to waste my time on this. Um, I'm just not going to put that many raw hours into it to get good, but I like it. I think it's all, it's all on point. I just think that the developers need to just chill the fuck out a little bit and just realize that not everybody has the same Twitch skills. Not everybody has the same frustration tolerance. And you're kind of letting your game go to waste because you're appealing to a very, very, very specific section of players, which do you if that's what you want to do. But I feel like you're missing a trick. Like, I bet a lot of people would like to play this if you made it just a little bit more accommodating. Yeah. And it, what's interesting is that Weird RPG, to go back to that real quick, is super hard at times. Uh, I think I talked about being stuck on a boss last time I played it. Like actual Weird RPG that we talked about at the yes. end of the show? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it like the boss was like, I thought it was impossible. I was like, oh, I'm never going to do this, you know, kind of souls type thing. But yeah. then two things are different than that, that game and this game. Like it was twitchy. I had to like dodge just at the right time, you know, a lot and do dashes and use health potions or whatever. But because I had a health meter, I felt like I had a fucking chance. You know what I mean? Right. right. And what you're saying is the one hit ones, that's just, that's just it's so much easier to nope out on for me. Because yeah. I, I don't even feel like I'm can get any damage, so then I'm just gonna lose, you know. Yeah, it's it's pretty rough, <laughs> and there's been a lot of times when um, this is a pixel based game, and I feel like in general it looks pretty good, but there are points at where I feel like the screen gets very busy, and the visibility could be a little bit better, and it feels real bad to get hit by some guy that you didn't realize was there because you know there was a lot of flash going on, or there was yeah. something going on. You were dodging a bullet, and then some dude gets it from behind and then your whole run is over it's it it just feels like you're just completely getting choked off like right when things are getting going and even just having like even like one extra hit would make a huge difference right right right. so it's a bummer and i i you know developers can do whatever they want to do i don't know these developers i don't know them at all this is not a personal knock but this to me feels like like when i play a game like this it feels like the developer is creating their vision and that's great you you made this game for you you like that what this game is doing that's awesome but to put out a well-rounded game that appeals to people that's going to be successful, like you got to let, like let more people in. You can't just like appeal to people who are just like you. And this game to me feels like 
um, you know, step to this or don't. And we kind of don't care if you're here or not. And so I'm not right. Yeah. But I, I would like to be, and it would be great if I was, but I'm not. So well, I'll say one more pro real quick. Cause I look at the gifts on the steam page. They mm. have one of the best, probably one of the best gifts I've ever seen when it comes to a game where, um, Akane has a skill called dragon slayer. Yeah. yeah where you yeah. can attack everybody on screen and they all die, but she yeah. just dashes around and then she stops and then they all kind of fall into blood. Um, yep. It's an amazing gif and there's like a cool anime sequence but yeah yeah but if that's few and far between you're doing that you know it's it's cool for a moment yeah cool factor is high it's just the difficulty is even higher than the cool factor yeah. and so unfortunately i'm out but if they modified this uh i would be very happy to come back to it i just it's just it's too hard man i just i just don't want to hang yeah. so okay there's akane and let me talk for a minute about dwarf romantic um so i don't know what country this is from i believe this was a game that was originally a game jam game um, from some students who are not in America, maybe uh, Europe or something, I would assume. Um, and they just they liked what they came up with in the game jam. They made it into a big game, and it's gotten a lot of praise, a lot of uh, positive feedback. Um, I will say the name sounds really funny. I, I, don't, I don't mean to be culturally insensitive, but Dwarf Romantic is just... It makes me laugh because it sounds like a goofy name, and I, I just... It's very strange. Well, name, so. I immediately think of the Carol Net show because I'm old. Yeah, Tim Conway, because I'm also equally old. Yes, yes. That was a very famous comedic character. So, and he was romantic at times. So that's yeah. conjuring up the wrong kind of image if you're really fucking old like we are. So, anyway, and it's called the uh, way. Hold on. So the developer is uh, Tukana. Tukana Interactive. Tukana, yeah, yeah Tukana. Tukana Interactive, something like that. Yeah. Um. So this is um very similar to a lot of recent games I've played lately, and I don't even know what to even call them. I guess you call them just like landscape builders or something, where you get a tile and you put it down and then you get another tile and you put it down and then boop, it makes like a house or like, you know, boop makes a bridge or something where you're kind of like placing um, different things down, different features in a landscape in Dorf romantic, which I think is the best one of the ones I've played. I've played it like at least three or four this year, I feel like. Um, and this is the best one where they give you a little hexagon and on the hexagon, it'll be a tree. It'll be grass. It'll be rocks. It'll be a windmill houses. Like there's a little feature on each one of these. And you want to put it down on the map, starts off with a blank map, and then you want to match them, right? So like if you get a, a house on one side of your hexagon, you want to put it next to more houses. And when you when you get them correctly, like the same type of match, um, a glow will come up on the hexagon that should show you like, oh, yeah, this is the good match. You don't have to. You can put them anywhere you want. So like you could put like a hexagon with a house right next to a hexagon with a river and it'll go. But you won't get the glow that says, oh, this is the best match. It'll mm. be like. It'll just be like, yeah, you can put it there, and that's cool. But you're not getting like maximum points, and each each one you lay down is points. The ultimate thing is like when you get uh, a hexagon that matches everything on all six sides. Like it's got forest on two sides, a rock on one side, and houses on the other two sides, or whatever. Uh, I don't know if that's six or not. I lost count of my hexagon. <laughs> um, but when you match all six sides, that's like the max. That's like, oh yeah, perfect match, and then you get like a bunch of points. So that's basically what the game is. Like you're just like very chill very calm no stress there's no penalty you just like get these little hexagons like where am i going to put this one i feel like bob ross a little bit like a yeah, yeah. visual bob ross where i'm just you like put okay. this little house here you put this yep. little forest here exactly got a happy little house over here got a happy little tree over there and then sometimes you get the glow and you're like oh that's even happier sometimes you get no glow but it's okay nothing bad happens you just keep on going yeah and like that's really that's really all this game is like um i believe that there are some kind of like in-game objectives where I think you're supposed to like unlock different types of tiles, but I have not gotten that far. I've just been like really calmly placing tiles. And I got to say, if you're feeling stressed, if you feel like the world is a little bit too much for you right now, 
then Dorf Romantic is your game because this game is like it is like chill me out colon the game where there's no penalty like nothing bad happens it's just all very calming very nice colors very nice graphics it's just friendly and warm and just it's just like it just it almost feels like a hug a friend is welcoming you to come sit down and lay some hexagons you're like yeah man i'm gonna do that it's just with some wine and some bourbon and some exactly just like your favorite drink whatever you like it's cozy it's a good temperature it's just fucking chill. This is like super, like one of the most chill games I've ever played. And I say that in a good way because I definitely needed some chill. So it's pretty cool. I mean, I dig it. Um, it's not something that you're going to like want to pour like 19 hours into. It's not, you know, there's no story. Um, and I feel like the objectives are pretty vague so far because I don't feel like I've really done any of them. Yeah. But it's not like I'm stressing about it. I'm just like, if I do it, then cool. And if I don't, then I've... Then I've laid some happy little trees, and I feel pretty okay about that. And Dude, you know, it's just it's just good. Everybody seems to love it. I don't think it's. On, I thought I saw it on Game Pass. It's not though, is it? No, I don't think so. I'm playing on Switch right okay, now. Okay, I'm gonna pick it up on Steam. It's only thirteen bucks, uh, so that's a steal. It seems like, and I love Kotaku's review. I don't normally quote Kotaku ever, but this is very interesting. On Steam, it says, "Life is hard. Sometimes games are hard, and that just reminds me that life is hard, and then everything <laughs> feels too damn hard." Not early access city builder, uh, Dorf Romantic though. The game is just the right amount of chill. Yeah, it is. It is. It is all mm. the chill. It is max chill. It's it's eleven out of ten chill. So right. if you want if you want something that is just like laid back, like you want to play a game but you don't want to stress. And honestly, real talk, sometimes I want that. Sometimes I do not want to have a challenge. I mean, I, I don't know how you feel, Carlos. But quick tangent here. So I'm 46. I know you're a little bit older than I. What are you? 47? What are you at? Yeah, you know. We've been around, right? Yeah. Um, my job that I do in real life can be extremely stressful. Uh, my life dealing with other people, not talking about my family, but talking about coworkers and shit. Boy, don't even ask me about the last two weeks. That can be really stressful. And then to go and to play a game where it's really stressful. I don't need stress on top of stress. Like sometimes I want that. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes my life is just stressful enough. And at my age right now, and I feel really weird saying at my age, but it's like I've proven myself, dude. I've beaten... The hardest games around. I've spent time in the trenches. I've cut my teeth on the toughest of the tough. And I don't need to do that anymore. I don't need to prove anything to anybody. I don't need to prove anything to myself. I know who I am. and I know what I like. And sometimes I just want to play a game because it's enjoyable. And if that means I turn a game down to easy, then I'll fucking do it. And if that means I pick up Dorf Romantic and I get a little hot cocoa and I sit on the couch for an hour, then I'll fucking do that too. Yep. So this game is exactly what I needed. And if you need that too... This is it. Yeah, and by the way, to our earlier point, like I, to finish a game, that's what we both said. We need some sort of hook and compelling story or something, you know, some yes. world building, etc. But the thing is that I don't like the in between games, which is you know kind of the video game video games. But this is different. It's like so this like a just chill experience or like flow, you know, or like yes, all these other exactly. games. Yes. That's okay. It's like I can do either side of the pendulum, but the middle is where I, I don't like, where it's just yeah. like kind of a game. But like this is like, yeah, I need this in my life. Yeah, and it's, just, um, it's, it's here for you. It's here for you. And if you, you play it for an hour, you can walk away. Yeah. Zero hard feelings about walking away. You're like, I'm going to, it's like, it, it's just like a thing you look at, you put it down, come back to it, put it down, leave, come back to it. It's fine. It's still there. Nothing lost. It's just, it's just easy. And Steam, again, just to go back to that real quick because I'm on there today, overwhelmingly positive reviews yeah so i would agree with that i would agree with that. Right. so that is dwarf romantic it's great on the switch i'm sure it's probably great on steam as well so check it out check it out i'm buying it buy it buy yeah it. we never do that one <laughs> buy do that one. it 
We'll, we'll, we'll workshop that a little bit. Yeah, that sounds All right, not man. good. To, it, it really sucked. I'm sorry. I apologize, folks. I'm sorry. About no, that. it's fine. We'll work on it. Um, okay, a couple more games that we're going to bounce. Uh, Asteragos. We talked about it a little bit last week, and I believe the embargo is up. Is that correct? I mean, it should be. I mean, it's it's damn out, and people are playing it. And Oh, is it out already? Okay, if it's already out, then we're probably fine. So. Yeah. Let me triple check. I mean, it has to be. Not, well, you, you, you got me like confused. Shit. You know, we're not, we really respect embargoes. I want everybody to know that we respect embargoes and that we don't want to like do anything. We don't want to, we're not trying to like get a scoop that's, that's inappropriate or anything. Wait, why does it say, oh, it says pre order the deluxe edition? <clears throat> um, yeah. You keep talking. I'm looking it up. I'm looking You it up. make sure, but yeah. Um, I just want to go back to it real quick because I did pl- play it more and I think the last time I talked about Tomorrow. it. Tomorrow. Okay. Okay. Okay tomorrow so we're actually really? we're still under embargo yes we can launch the show tomorrow okay sorry folks we're doing a lot of like ridiculous housekeeping that we should have done uh off the air but yes one more day and then we're free to go so just talk about it as normal we'll launch it tomorrow and we'll hit like right as the embargo drops okay and again i don't have much to say really but the last time i was kind of alluding to things um essentially what the game is you play a uh, third person uh rpg action adventure i don't really want to call it these days but like it definitely leans into that souls like where um, you know you can lose progress, uh, enemies are tough. The thing that I hate, which we're going to talk about again, super armor slash enemies don't stagger. Yeah, that sucks. Is yeah. is around, and the idea of like them overwhelming you with enemies, even though you know you probably could beat them one on one. It's just this kind of tactic that the the soul that people want to go towards when it comes to souls like. But that's there. But what's interesting is, like I said last time, it is much more similar to, um, oh, now I forget the name, the Greek, the Greek game, the game in Greece. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It looked like the uh, the Kid Icarus game. Or yes, it it, the Kid that, Icarus game is what I was thinking. Uh, anyways, it's got that kind of you know <clears throat> allude to um, Athens and and Greek mythology and stuff like that. So that's there. It feels kind of Disney ish, or like uh, kind of like family friendly in a way at times uh the characters are kind of cartoony looking and that's not like selling me hard on it uh and then the you know dodge roll it's pretty good um the combat's pretty fun until you get to those sections where i basically i got to a pretty big section in the game where there's a kind of a boss character there's a lot of characters and enemies around them supposedly there's a way to go around it and not have to battle, but I couldn't find it. So I felt like I just had to go in there and start battling, but it was a lot of like fighting, killing monsters and then running away, you know? And it just didn't, that's not very satisfying to me. Like, yes, I did do that in Elden Ring to kind of be my own devil's advocate. Um, Cause it wasn't <laughs> you bedevil yourself. Yes. yes. Cause you know, it's, it's open world, right? In that way where like, um, open world and stages, but you could run away down to the village somewhere. And so I would do that a lot and it wouldn't penalize me. So, but then I felt like that's how I'm going to play this game where if I get overwhelmed, I have to run away a lot. So I think why I'm starting to nope out is because while the story's kind of interesting about a city that's magically cursed, I like that concept. You have a hub world again, where you kind of go back to a hub and upgrade yourself and the characters and stuff are interesting, but Two reasons I'm going to nope out, probably. One, the super armor. Because I I was real strong, dude. I had the spear that I liked. I upgraded it. Similar to Moonscars, almost, in a way. Where I, I just felt like I could handle myself. And then they they overwhelmed me with small enemies, right? Yeah. Um, the boss was doing this fireball that shot so far across the screen. You know, it's just like, you can see the math 
you can see the matrix of the the dark souls they want to do, which is like, wow, if the characters are off the screen, you'd think you'd be okay, but let's fuck them, you know? <laughs> let's fuck them with this fireball, even though I thought he was fine. Right, um, right, right, so right. I just felt like I was getting the shaft, uh, and I didn't want, I don't feel like I deserved it. You know what I mean? I was like, um, yeah, I didn't, I thought I was better fighter than they were like letting me be. The second thing that I really frustrated with, and I know you are too, there's no, there's not a lot of characters in the worlds that you go to. Just similar to Valkyrie Elysium, you go to a section of town and everybody's just inside. Oh, inside their house. Yeah, and they're like, yeah. and you can knock on the door and you go like, "Hey, what's going on? You know about this whole mystery?" And they're like, "Yeah, I got to stay inside for reasons. All right, so I'm not coming out there." Yeah. Did you play Bloodborne? That's what we're referencing. That's why we yeah, got to stay exactly. inside. Yeah, exactly. It's Bloodborne. It's um, it's Valkyrie Elysium. <laughs> It's these worlds feel just feel very dead. And on top of being feeling dead, every time you want to hear a story section or like find out what happened, you have to put down this little thing and you activate this crystal, which plays like, um, you know, the scene in Matrix style. Like they're like uh, holograms. Oh, okay. You got a little story time crystal? Like yeah, this. yeah. You get story time <laughs> crystals. Yes. And it's like, hey, this hologram is what happened. And they're not even animated, just like figures and they're talking. I don't know why. For some reason, back to our story building and world building and wanting to feel compelled, two things are pushing me out. One, the world isn't there really, right? It's just this memory yeah. of a world. Yeah. And then there's monsters. And then the second thing that's pushing me out is that feeling that I, when I feel like I'm strong enough, they're still like getting me. And man, that's a dangerous thing to push someone out of the game, you know? Yeah, yeah. Sounds like all the, the the negative parts are kind of bumping up against each other and pushing you out a little bit. Yeah, and in the preview world where I first talked about it, I was more much more like excited because there's so many different elements that I do like that they do. Um, and I mentioned them. Go back and listen to that. There's some really good positives. But as I'm playing it further, the world being more empty, the combat being more unfair at times is what's pushing me out. Man, that's yeah. So, what is the full title of this? It's Asteragos, like what, Curse of the Stars or something like Sounds that? Right. Sounds right. Sounds. <laughs> this is the episode where we're not going to ever check anything. We're in the ballpark. The game that you were referencing, by the way, the, what this reminds you of is um, Immortals Phoenix Rising. Thank you that's very much. It it's like it's almost identical. I like it more, like I said in the preview episode, in the fact that, like, you do feel like you have a mission and you know what you're doing. It's, it's a huge town that's cursed and you're trying to figure out this mystery. Um, so I like it better than that Phoenix game, I think, because that one's more like an Ubisoft collectathon. But yeah, this yeah. one, it's just because I liked and and I was really interested in the story. <laughs> it's just frustrating that some of the story parts aren't hitting for me, and I'm getting killed a lot. So yeah, that sucks. I don't know. All I right. might be able to bump up actually the difficulty, or bump up, bump down the difficulty. Um, so, I like the way this one looks. Yeah. Like looking at the videos, I'm like, oh, this looks kind of cool, but. Yeah, I don't know. If I if I was going to get into this, um, I probably would like just bump it all the way down and just hopefully it would just get some fun out of it, you know, not to like really like try to prove myself with the combat. Oh yeah, totally. So I think what I'm gonna do is I will just yeah bump it all the way down to story. Um, I think it does you know push people away to to call it story. Just call it like I don't know, easy. I don't know. That sounds worse. Uh, I guess. Yeah. Anyways, it's a mixed bag for me. I'm not giving it a no, but I'm giving it a I don't know. And I don't know. Okay, cool. Now, wait, wait. wait you should, we should always give something. I love those SNL sketches that do that. Where, like, I give it a two popcorns and a... <laughs> like, we should give a game something at the end. We need to... We need to all right, we can, we can see how this goes. He's like, that, this show is long. Let's move along. 
<laughs> I I already like use up all my creative juices coming up with like a little tagline for the opener. I don't That's know if true. I can We're all tapped out. All right. A little tired. Moving on. We'll see. we'll see. Last game of the show is called Validate Struggling Singles in Your oh, Area. Oh, and I was supposed to play it. Oh, did I send you code for this? Yeah. Now I feel bad. Oh well. Well, pretend well, I did, and I'll just I'll just pretend I did the whole time. I mean, you can still play it later and bring it back. I to the still can. I will. Know. I might. Let, well, let me hear what you have to say. Yeah. So this is a, a text, not a text adventure. It's not a text adventure. It is a visual novel slash dating sim, sort of. It is. Um, Wait. So this is a curious. Are you sure? No, I'm not sure. I don't know if you were sure of any of those words. Okay, go I ahead. I wasn't. Did not speak with confidence. Yes. Um, so, so this is a, a very interesting thing. The thing that I was most attracted to was this is very much a not white person focused game. So this is very much about um, people of color. There's tons of uh, black people. I believe there are some Middle Eastern folks. There's a, a wide mix of um, men and women. And I think there's like one white dude or something in the game that like was in the opening cutscene or whatever. But like this is by and large about people of color, which is cool. I think we need more of those. Yes. One bazillion percent in favor of that. I love I have no problem whatsoever playing a game that does not feature random white bro as the main character because we've had like infinite number of those so like this is cool that's what got my attention like okay excellent i believe that most of the team if not all the team are people of color which is also double awesome and also support that 100 so that's great uh i love the art style so this is a hand-drawn uh visual novel where like you get into the game there's a bunch of story you can choose between two characters at the beginning one um, is a black guy who I think works at a restaurant and the other one is a I want to say a Pakistani woman who is like a YouTube streamer I think uh, she like streams cooking on YouTube or something like that um, I chose the lady uh, just to see how that would go and from then you launch into like her story there's a lot of text um, you get like little hand-drawn 2d portraits uh, and she kind of goes through her her tells you who she is and you kind of just go from there it's pretty straightforward for the most part um but i will say that i noped out fairly early and i'll tell you why um you know i'm pretty picky when it comes to visual novels i have like almost like a little criteria like a little rubric that i go through and this game actually didn't check very many of those for me which is kind of a bummer um, that's kind of why i noped out uh a lot of text um and i know that this is like a visual novel you got to do some reading i expect that but there's like a lot of text um for me and I felt like it's the kind of visual novel where you're not really role playing yourself. You're kind of just like watching people go through their stories. Mm. So there's not a lot of choices. Like, for example, um, I, I just was waiting for more choices. And it was like I'd read and 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 read. And then it finally get to one. And it was just like a very minor choice. Like, for example, in the very first story, you end up going to somebody's apartment. Um, and like I remember like the big choice was... Um, eating a whole edible gummy or only half a gummy or something. And that was like the, the choice. Right. And there, I mean, I don't, I don't mean to be mean, like there's, there's more choices than that, but it just felt like I wanted more choices. I wanted to feel like I was in more control of my character, but that's really the thing. It's not my character. It's like, I am watching the story of this other person and kind of going along with it. So that's, that's definitely a, an intentional style, which is fine. That works for a lot of people. Um, it just doesn't work for me specifically. Um, and again, to be clear, it's not at all because I couldn't identify because I'm a man and you're a woman or I'm white and you're Pakistani. That not, not even a factor, not even a factor. 
it was just like when I get into a visual novel, like there's, I'm very particular about them, right? So well, yeah. I'm talking about this. Yeah, a million times. We talked about it. And also you're, you're saying something we, we hearken back to earlier is which is the agency, like, and, yeah. and having a reason to keep going. And without agency and you're kind of like spreading yourself, you know, across multiple characters, um, which I was doing in Vertigo, it yeah. kind of can take you out of it. It can take some players out of it. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't feel like I was particularly role-playing very much. And it didn't feel like I was getting a lot of agency. It was like I was kind of reading too much and I didn't have enough input on the story. So those for me in general, mm. for any visual novel, are kind of like downsides for me. Um, I like the art a lot. I think the art is really good. And apparently from what I can tell, uh, many of the characters are written by other writers. So I don't know how that plays out. The only I, It just so happened that the stories that I kept playing were all by the same person. So I kept going with my Pakistani lady. Um, but there's lots of variety. Like, this seems like a very LGBTQ-friendly game. Um, most of the people in the opening cutscene, um, they look like, you know, they've got various piercings, and they're dressing a certain way, and their body shapes are a certain way. So it seems very open and accommodating. Um, there's, like, people of size in there. There's people who I would assume are probably uh, not straight, or maybe they're, you know, bi, or, on, on, um, you know, they're... They're in. They're not just like the straight, you know, hetero boxes or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, is from what I would assume, and that's that's again totally fine. All for that, one hundred percent. But yeah, it just it just I just felt like I was clicking through too much text, and I just it didn't really get get me in because um, I'm not like a struggling teen or I'm not a struggling twenty something, um, and so I I just didn't find a real connection with the characters. I will say interesting thing about this game though is they they've got it kind of broken down into micro sections where the very first, I don't know that you even call it a route. I mean, when we're talking about visual novels, sometimes people will say, well, you play a route, which means you romance a certain person and you kind of go a certain way and then you make other choices and you go on a different route. But this didn't even feel like that. It kind of felt like I was just watching a thing happen. And then at the end, I made a quick choice. And then the game kind of just took me where I went. I didn't feel like I was really making choices about who I was romancing. Mm. Uh, like, for example, um, when I started this, I, I finished the first section ate my half a gummy, things didn't pan out. And I'm like, well, that's a bummer. And then I was looking forward to like continuing that romance with that person. Uh, and then it was like, nope, new romance. And I'm like, well, uh, what? Like I, I barely got to know that person. Are you saying that's over? Like one, one chance at love is all I got. And I'm done with that person. That didn't feel very good. So maybe that person comes back, but then it immediately launched you into like this new route where you bump into somebody at the grocery store and then you're supposed to pursue that route. Uh, like really quick, like, I mean, like very, very quickly, like 10, 15 minutes of a route, which for visual novels is like lightning fast. That's yeah. like light speed fast. So <clears throat> an unconventional structure, which I think is pretty cool, but I think I just was struggling to kind of find my, my connection to it. I didn't really feel too connected to it um, for various reasons, but I love the themes. I love the, the variety of characters. I, a lot of interesting looking characters. I love, um, you know, that it's not a white centered story. That's awesome. So um, I, it's really interesting. I don't know that just by structure that it's for me, because again, I'm very picky about my visual novels, but I think that if you are a person of color or if you are LGBTQ type player, or you want a visual novel that tries something different, I think this game is probably trying multiple different things. It's experimental and I think it's worth a shot, worth a look at least. All right. Yeah. As long as you know that going in, right? Because, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you call the game Validate and, you know, we saw the art style and you and I have played every game uh, and visual novel. You probably played more than I. But yeah, we go, well, it's going to be that thing where we take over a character and we go on dates and we try to figure out which, you know, person or persons we exactly. really like. So, but it's more like a storytelling. That's the kind of thing that happened with um, 
Remember that band game I just played? Oh, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. We are OFK. We are OFK. It felt that way, too. I was like, okay, I'm just kind of like watching this thing happen and making yeah, choices. Yeah, so. yeah. It feels a little bit like a like a series of like kind of like slice of life sort of things yeah. and mm-hmm. not necessarily like a dating sim in the traditional sense. Yeah. So just I guess just know that. But other than that, I mean, props to everything they're trying. I'm all for shaking up the genre. I'm all for shaking up representation. So, I mean, I give it, you know, props for all that stuff. So all right. just know that going into it. Not your not your traditional. Yeah. So. Uh, be- All right. Before we leave the full games, I just want to say I, I hear this. Um, I just wanted to tell you this earlier. I don't know why, but like it's funny. You start the reviews, the game reviews. Yeah. And it, they, it's almost they always have this. And this is not a negative thing. It's just me just noticing something because I notice things. But you you have this inflection. You're like, well, OK, you are a person <laughs> and you're a thing and you do this thing. And then the ending is almost always like, and I think it's pretty good. <laughs> or like, and I'm not gonna play it anymore. But like, there's those two inflection points. I just noticed. Yeah, you yeah. are a person, and you. Do I mean, this. <laughs> that sounds like I'm talking right there. I thought See? I was talking for a minute. You were throwing your voice. I was like, "What the fuck?" I feel like I'm talking, but my mouth is closed. What is happening? <laughs> oh man, Twilight Zone for a second there. All right, folks, that was validate struggling singles in your area, and now we are just about to the end of the show. Um, before we go, though, one last thing before we go. Um, Carlos, anything before we go? I have a few things. Um, I do, too. Well, good. Let's do uh, tag team. Me, then you. Okay, me, you go you. first. You go first. Uh, first off, uh, I sent you this earlier on Twitter, and I'm trying to tell people about it because it's fucking freaky and crazy and, and really bad, too. Uh, but there's this internet video about the internet. It's called The Dead Internet Theory. Um, the guy who does it, the YouTube channel, he made three of them. Um, the second one's the most baffling, and I'll tell you really quickly something about that second video that I think everybody should hear because it's really fucking disturbing and weird. Um, and also, I think it's, you know, I love these kind of videos that kind of take apart the old internet and where we are now and apps and social media, et cetera. So I think it's good when a lot of these docu-series come out on YouTube. But the alarming thing that I'll explain right now quickly is, um, and i kind of known it for a long time, but the old internet that you and I grew up in there's web pages, websites, random shit. And when you, you know, searched, you didn't Google search. There was no Google. Uh, you just found some crazy shit, right? You and I found some weird websites. I know back in the oh, day. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, sure. Uh, he's the man dog. Like all that stuff happened, strong, bad, because people could just kind of randomly find shit. And you weren't like beholden to a Google or whatever. Um, that era is kind of over. Well, it is over. And what he used as a description for this is, if you Google anything, and he used pizza, which is the most biggest thing in the world, right? Pizza, really easy word. It's going to be a million results. It says um, pizza, you know, res- page one of one billion results, okay? Sure, yes. And we both think that, like, oh, yeah, of course, there's going to be a billion results on pizza. So sure. if, if you scroll through, and by the way, everybody listening at home can do this tonight. It works right now. You scroll through to it goes page two, page three, page four. Go to the you know thirty or fortieth page. Sometimes it'll only be twenty five pages. Uh, you'll start noticing the results change. So it'll yeah. be uh, twenty out of five hundred thousand, and you're like, wait, but I thought it was a million, you know, or a billion. Yeah. And then you get to the end. There's an end, motherfuckers, which doesn't oh, seem yeah. right. And it's like page thirty four, and it goes, you know, thirty four page of results of five hundred results. So Google, including Bing, and I've tried this with other search engines, 
because most of them are off of Microsoft or Google, they're only giving you so much information. And the internet is broken in the fact that you can't get to chunks of it. Uh, and a lot of chunks of it, because what is that fake billion results then? Okay, that's a lot of info dump. What are your thoughts on what I'm saying? I mean, I, I number one, I don't know, but I do. I have gotten to the end of results before. I have had that experience. Mm. Um, you know, there was a, a trend going around a while ago where they were like, oh, try to find something that only has one result, you know? And so there was like this challenge where you would enter like weird terms. Um, and I was able to do it. I did get eventually just one result. Oh, on nice. Something. So you can do it. Uh, but yeah, like sometimes I'll search for something. I'll get to like the end and it'll be like, that's it. No more results or whatever. So I, I, I can, I can <clears throat> validate that. I mean, that, that is a true thing that happens, but I haven't, I can't say that I have done a search where that had 500,000 results and the results go away as I go further. Well, no, so, okay. And here's the thing. You can do it right now if you want, by the way. Um, it happens with everything. This is why it's an alarming thing. This is not a conspiracy, okay? It just Well, I guess I guess what's alarming about it though. What's alarming is that we okay, two things. One, that we're always being controlled, you know, and this this there's an, there's a tangent that I won't go on now, but it's a very similar process on YouTube, which is why some of the videos I make don't get seen. Uh, and I will take that to next episode and tell you about that. But these are real world things that are happening where the alarming part is that Google slash Microsoft are controlling what we see. And not only are they just controlling what we see, if I made a website tomorrow about donuts or pizza, one of these huge search terms, you're not going to find it. Not like that you can't find it or I need to work on my SEO. Working on my SEO means I'm paying money, right? And when I pay money, sure. then you can see it. But if I never, ever pay money for SEO and never do things that, you know, that Google wants me to do for their system, you'll never see it. Also, that means that old websites are gone from history. So people who worked on things, you never see them. You can't. You can't get to them unless well, you knew sure. the exact URL. I mean, that all makes sense. I mean, like it's, you know, Google and Bing and DuckDuckGo or whatever, or whatever website you've got or search engine you've got. I mean, these are all products, right? I mean, these are commercial ventures from private businesses. It's not like the public library. I mean, people, we, we kind of like assume that it's just like free speech and information super highway and stuff but these are all crafted products created by people who have agendas and of course they're going to be filtering your results and of course they're going to be showing you one thing because they paid and they're not going to show you this other thing you didn't pay and so that makes perfect sense i mean that's that's for sure a thing but also as far as the other stuff goes i mean yeah we lose stuff all the time like we're terrible at archiving things and you know i know there's a couple um internet was it internet waymac machine or whatever yeah it's they, they brought like, that can, up in the show yeah yeah, you can do some of that, I guess. But like, you know, if no one's paying to keep a website going, it takes work to archive these things. It's not like they just exist forever. I mean, someone's got to pay for hosting, got to update to make sure that the stuff is still compatible. Like right, but it doesn't take forward. it doesn't take time. I just want to bring this point up. It doesn't take time yeah. or work to list it. It's, we're not talking about archiving it. We're saying like just list the site. Sure, but I mean, listing I mean, costs no money. I, I suppose, but like, I mean, this is, this, I'm out of my depth here. Like I'm okay. definitely not a web developer or anything, but what I can say is just, you know, I, I totally believe that you are not going to find certain results. I totally believe that some things are going to vanish like that. That all makes sense. If you consider that search engines are not a public, right. They are a private product, which it wasn't like that before. So that's the thing is we've, we've kind of just like fallen into acceptance for this thing. And yeah, like when you said like, Oh, that makes sense. It's just scary that it does to everybody because, the, you know, again, I grew up with using the first internet 
And it was, I mean, you know, it's just an exciting time because there wasn't that uh, marketplace in, in place, right? And it sure. wasn't about the monetary gain. So I still think it's alarming. There's other things that are really bad with it when it comes to content creators, right? When you make things and it's just gone forever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then on top I mean, of that. I think that, you should be scared. This is all. This is scary. This is all very alarming stuff. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But this is, this is like a part of the larger discussion of what is human society? Like how is capitalism and in, in, in influencing this? How do, who controls the information? Who gets to make those choices? I mean, these are all really large issues that people like you and me don't really have any chance to affect because, mm. you know, because Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates and whoever else who's at the top of the food chain who make those calls, you know, they, they decide what you see on Google. They decide what you see on Bing and stuff. It's not, it's not an accident, you know, like this isn't just like, oh, it just happened. I like, never they, thought they, it was they, an accident. Yeah. 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 You know, like it's all on purpose. Right. So we just need to be more aware that what we think of as, you know, this free public utility is actually not, not that at all. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's not that. That's a good kind of like, you know, takeaway, I guess. Right. But to also just kind of be aware of, of, yeah, what this thing is that you're using. Also, um, uh, well, a, I think we all have a, a chance to affect everything that even Amazon and Google and the behemoths are doing. Cause we are, uh, we are the universe and that's a bigger story, but, um, yeah, I think the bigger, uh, weirder thing. And the last thing I'll say about it is, um, then they, then don't give the results that they give because the, when they, when they give those results that's like saying hey are, hey stupid hey stupid yeah okay just look at these numbers cool we're going to change them on you like you know what i mean like when pizza has 1 billion results and there's only 30 pages of results that's like a yeah, fuck I you yeah i mean I, I i'm sure that maybe somebody out there listening in our audience hopefully or maybe somebody on twitter or something who knows more about how this works than we do might have an explanation as for why those numbers go down. I mean, I can only guess. Uh, again, not a software developer, not a not a search engine guy or anything like that. But I wonder if it has to do with what you click on or what you don't click on, or maybe maybe it's doing like additional filtering as you go. Because no, no, it no, makes no. sense that you would hit pizza, and if it says five hundred thousand results, like it, it seems like a normal expectation to go from result one all the way through to result five hundred thousand, right. right? Like you it, think it so. never does that for any word ever. And my point is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't need That's too a, many yeah. more people. I mean, I would love for someone to tell me uh, and tweet me Onawa, O N A W A, on Twitter. But it, I mean, because again, those are our web results, or they're not, or they're fake bot results, right? But the fact that like what that number isn't the number isn't based on what I my search term is my point because I did it with donut, right? Sure. And after a, I did it with donut, it was like a million results, but there never is a million results. Then so then don't tell me. There's a million results. It's almost like that would be more sense. Sure. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I wonder, like, like if I don't know. I could maybe maybe just completely make this up. But like, if you don't click on anything in page one, for example, like you're like, I'm just gonna scroll to page two. Maybe the fact that you didn't click something on page one is is telling the algorithm, oh, well, none of this is relevant, so we're gonna take away these results. Like, are they trying to narrow it down for you no. automatically? No. Like, I don't know if that's how it works. No, it's not. And I did, again, after I watched this, I did a million tests with it. So I've done all the tests. You can't scroll. You can't get, like, somehow to the 500,000th thing. So what I'm saying is it's like a blatant Brave New World 1984 lie. And that's, like, what's the alarming part about it. It's like they're going, look at this thing, but it's not real. And everyone's sure. just like, oh, of course, it's Google. You know, there's lots of results. So... That's I'm just planting the seed for our listeners. Go sure. research it and figure it out. 
I mean, that's that's 2022. We're we're brave new world. We're 1984. Everything. Yes, right I know. So it's part of we are. We are par for the course. Fucking, yeah, we are balls deep in 1984. Right Ew, now, so. come on. Yeah, man. It's just that's just how we are. And <laughs> as a species and, you know, that's just a fact. That's all we need. Dwarf romantic. Dwarf romantic. Uh, all right. Let me say just a quick shout out to, I guess, the scientists and the researchers out there who still believe COVID is a thing because I just got my vaccine the other day, went to get my bivalent COVID vaccine and also had some of the uh, Omicron vaccine in there. Got that the other day. It was kind of funny. Um, I didn't mean to get my vaccine that day. I wanted to get it, but we've been having trouble getting an appointment, which is a problem into and of itself. We're not going to talk about that, but I happened to be walking by a clinic um, outside, had my mask on as I do. Uh, and this guy was in this clinic and he came out and he's like, Hey, yo, you here for a, a COVID shot? I'm like, no, I'm just walking by bro. He's like, well, we got some that we're going to throw away. Do you want one? I'm like, well, shit, if you're going to throw them away, then why not? Right. You can throw one away inside my arm, I guess. And I'll take that. I'm one. really creeped out by this server. Keep going. I mean, this is common, dude. This is very common. Right. Like, um, yeah. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. And it was a legit medical facility. It wasn't just like some guy in an alley. I know. I mean, it's it some was... guy in the alley. He's just going to throw it into your arm. No, no. I mean, I was I was walking by a medical clinic. That's yeah, very, yeah, yeah. You know, nationwide clinic. It's famous, you know. No, nothing sketchy about it. So just went in there and he's like, yeah, man, we got all this vaccine left over and no one's getting the vaccines. So let's get this, this. Let's get this. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Got my vaccine. Got my flu shot, too. And, uh, you know, I had a headache for like maybe half a day. I was tired, but that was about it. Like I, I was, I still was able to work, did a nine hour shift the next day with, with that stuff in me and I had no problems. I am not picking up 5g signals in my teeth or anything like that. And I'm, I'm good to go. So thank you to the scientists for keeping that going. And I would just give a shout out to people listening. Um, COVID's still a thing and please get your vaccine. Uh, it's not hundred percent proof. You're not Superman after you get it, but it's, it's one more layer of protection. So Definitely get that layer of protection. Yeah, why not get more protection? Why not? And by the way, why I not? never had gotten a flu shot, hardly all at all. I know I'm a bad person or whatever, but I just didn't. And um, uh, I mean, I did back in the day, but I haven't done it for years. And then after this, I'm like going to get one now, weirdly enough, because um, when I got sick, I think I talked about it. Maybe I didn't on the podcast. I got like regular sick. You know, not COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I was wiped out and it hurt really bad. And I was like, oh, I don't want to be sick again. <laughs> like, I don't want the flu. Like, I don't want these things, you know, because even the simplest things when you don't have them for a long time hurt really bad. So, yeah, being sick is actually terrible. Yeah, I, I know. fucking hate it. And if anything we can do to not get sick, I say, let's do that. So. All right. Um, all right. I got one more Moving thing. on. What do you got? Um, the thing I alluded to all podcasts and I probably should have brought it up much earlier because this is the end of the show. And we what have like four people listening still? But they are the most dedicated people who are paying the most attention. That's true, they are. And we love We them love most. you. Whoever you are whoever's here, we love you. Yes. Like wholehearted love, on one knee, uh bottle of wine. I don't know. Uh maybe that's going a little far for me, but if you would like to I don't understand love, so I don't know why I started talking. Um so I'm starting a company that Brad helped me start. I did. And I was dejected, confused. I had a little bit of help from Steve Haskey as well uh, and a bunch of other friends, my buddy Ray, um, just talking it out, trying to figure out what it is. What is it? It's uh, going to be live soon, but the coming suit page is up already, and you can leave me a message if you want. It is called Dodge Roll Marketing. Uh, I've said Dodge Roll many times this episode, and what we'll be doing is creating funny, weird videos like I make 
for your video game. So if you're an indie game uh, developer and you uh, want more insight and more uh, understanding of how to make weird videos, I can do it for you. And I also can take over your socials and do some fun social media stuff, basically make the TikToks, make all the weird things that uh, will get eyeballs on your game. So if you are a developer and you want some help with your game, I'm the guy. Dodge roll right. marketing. Dodge roll marketing, where you can do all sorts of videos. You can do engagement. You can do your social, like TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. Like all the stuff that indie developers generally don't like to do, but it's really necessary in this day and age, right? You got to get your game seen. Yep. You got to get people interested in your game. And we live, eat, breathe, and sleep <clears throat> games 24-7. So I can hardly think of someone more qualified to do that than you, who is also Mr. Social, also Mr. Comedian, also Mr video maker so you're kind of like the total package here and i think that people listening if you know of a developer somebody getting their game off the ground somebody who wants to give their game a boost that they don't want to do themselves because honestly if you don't make videos it's a drag to make a video if you don't like to be on twitter it's a drag to kind of get social engagement up right so like pay somebody to do that for you and we have just the person right here yeah i like doing both those things like that's what i do anyhow and like brad and i were talking like yeah i'm already like promoting indie games i love them and I want to get the word out for indie games all the time. So yep. I want to do it now in a basis on this way where I can help you make uh, content as well. So exactly. com. by the way, I have the URL, which is there exciting. So check it out. And by the time it's uh, this podcast goes up, you'll be able to message me if you're a developer. There you go. All right. Check it out and see what Carlos can offer you. Get those social engagements up get that uh, marketing get that word of mouth out there check it out check it out all right a couple more things then we're going to bounce here i want to give a heads up to all my he-man masters of the universe people out there uh, i know we might have talked about this before but they announced a remake of the eternia playset now were you ever a he-man dude carlos yeah i mean i, I am after listening to this podcast too because this is every episode <laughs> Just by constant exposure, yeah. for sure. But no, no, I definitely had all the figures. I had uh, the Grayskull uh, plastic mountain thingy, whatever it was. Gotcha, Castle. gotcha. Castle. Yep. Uh, so Eternia was a playset that came out towards the end of the 1980s run of He-Man. It was the largest set they'd ever built. It was a series of three towers. There was a middle tower, which was blue. There was a, an evil tower on one side, and there was a good tower on the other. And there was a little tram that took a battery what? and it had a track and it ran between the three towers. Holy shit. That was too expensive for my blood. We didn't it have was the money. too expensive for me too. Yeah. I couldn't afford that shit back then. I was poor. So I couldn't, I could see it in the stores Yeah, and I wanted it, but I, I, I never had it. And it eventually became a real collector's item because other people couldn't afford it either. And they didn't make a lot of them and there was a million pieces to it. So even if you had it, likelihood was that you probably didn't keep it together, probably didn't keep it in good shape. Right. That's kind of like, the crown jewel of any He-Man collector's collection is the actual OG Eternia playset because it was so expensive, so complicated, so big, just not very many of them survived in great shape. And so that's kind of like what everybody was going after. Um, so recently Mattel announced that they were going to be doing an update. Like it's not a reissue. It's not the exact same Eternia tower, but it looks just like it. They've changed a few things to make, you know, update it for modern times better plastic, a little bit better carving, some more articulation and stuff. So, but if you look at it, it looks like the exact thing. This is coming out for the He-Man Origins line. Um, it looks amazing. It looks just like, it looks like your memory of it, where it's better than what it actually was back then. Um, they're doing a Kickstarter for it um, to get it off the ground. They need at least 
5,000 people um, to, to buy into it, to get it off the ground. Now, the cost of this, take a guess, Carlos. What do you think this is going to cost to get in on? Well, you know, it's funny because when you, we mentioned, not to go on a tangent again, but when we were growing up, being poor, both of us, um, yes. $40 would be a lot of money. You know what I mean? That was, oh, man, in 80s money, that's like 150 bucks. Well, not even just in 80s money, but like in general, right? Like, so, um, yeah, I mean, I got like $5 maybe to go to the mall, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to think of that kind of money or like today's money. I got to say a couple hundred dollars. Yeah. So the asking price of this in today's money is $500. It's a $500. It's a little steep. Really steep, right? So that's a big thing. And if you're like a hardcore He-Man dude, like you're like, holy shit, like never in our lifetimes did we ever imagine that we would ever get a second shot at this, right? Like it's just out of the blue. And a lot of it is is because of He-Man's 40th anniversary this year. So they're really cashing in on the nostalgia, the collectors, people who realize I, I love He-Man or I always have, or I, I, I love him again and it's back and He-Man's making a big push this year. So 500 bucks seems ridiculous, right? That's a lot of money. But I will say, if you are a collector, if you were to try to buy this set, the OG set, like on eBay or something like that, you're talking minimum $2,500 all the way up to maybe four or $5,000. Yeah, I always I always so, get with a grain of salt because those are inflated prices, you know, I think. I mean, that. they are, but like even on the low end, I mean, even on the low end, 2500 I mean, even if you find a great deal, yeah. you're talking at least a couple K. Like it, it, they don't come cheaper than 2000 ever. So, and those are for like, oh yeah, it's beat up and the track don't work and it's missing in the castle and like, you know, like it's, it's impossible to find like a mint shape one, right? Mm-hmm. So 500 bucks is bananas. But compared to two thousand, much better. Compared to five thousand, way better. So just it's out there. I'm just I'm just not trying to convince anybody. I don't know that I'm going to go for it because that's a lot of money. I don't know that I can even afford that myself. But it's out there, and if five thousand people jump in, great. And it will come out in the year 2024. So not even next year, but the year after. So All right. There's that. Also, quick shout outs for a couple quick things. Just watched the movie Fall. Did we talk about this already or not yeah, yet? We did, I think. Uh, or no, I saw you talking about it on Twitter. Yeah, 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 I think maybe on Twitter. Watch the movie Fall. This is about two women who get stuck on top of a 2,000-foot radio tower. The ladder falls away when they get to the top of it. They're like thrill-seekers. And then they get stuck at the very top. Pretty harrowing, pretty crazy. Not the best uh, of its genre, which I refer to as the people stuck in a bad spot genre. Oh, what's um, the one where he's uh, 127 hours or whatever it is? One, yeah, 127 yeah. hours where the guy, his arm gets stuck under that rock, has to cut his arm off. That's a true story. Um I think 37 meters down is probably in that same genre. Uh, there's a movie called Frozen, not not the Disney one, but one where people get stuck on a gondola at a ski resort is also in that genre. None of these I want to watch, by the way. This is already giving me anxiety. Oh man, pool. We talked about pool, didn't we? Where people get stuck in an empty swimming pool. We talked no, about that. No, I don't think so. And I don't want to hear <sighs> any more about one. any of these movies. Okay. Anyway, Fall was okay. Not the best one, but it was okay. So shout out to that. Uh, just watch the new Hellraiser on Hulu. Are you a Hellraiser fan, Carlos? I'm not. I did like some of Clive Barker's stuff. I heard that it was not as good as the originals. That's what I'm hearing. See, that's interesting. So I'm a huge Clive Barker fan. I've read almost all his books. He's a brilliant writer. Really brilliant. But he struggles to get those books made into, into movies. Something just gets lost in translation. Um, I don't know if it was the time period or the technology or whatever, but like... I'll read a Clive Barker book and I'll be like, oh my God, that was fucking mind blowing. So amazing. And then I watch the movie. I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is cringe. Oh, so well, Hellraiser wasn't cringe. Was well, it? Well, no, no, no. But the, no, I'm just about in general, okay. just in general, he's made many movies and almost all of them are always like, man, not even in the ballpark as good as the book. Right. So it's kind of painful to be a Clive Barker fan. 
The new one, new Hellraiser, it's kind of a reboot. Just came out on Hulu, exclusively to Hulu. It's a feature film, two hours. And, you know, I got to say, I feel like it was really fucking good. I feel like it was excellent. Mm. Um, I haven't watched the original Hellraiser one or two in quite some time. And people who remember more easily than me are saying that Hellraiser 2 was the best of the series. Um, I, I don't remember. I mean, I remember liking them back in the day, but this one was legit, dude. I felt like it told the story really well. It set things up, explained what was going on. Like it was not hard to follow. I felt like the imagery was sufficiently gross. Um, the ending was pretty fucking cool. Like I felt like it all really came together. So performances were good. Uh, watched it with my wife and we just, we both thought it was like a really, really well done movie. Now, I don't know if it's better than Hellraiser two. I haven't watched it in many years, probably 20 years or something, but I feel like this is a really respectable Clive Barker film. I thought it was quite good. Yeah, I, I have heard that too. So I'm not like poo-pooing on it because I heard it like it's it's like good, you know? And that's like sometimes that's all you need, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Not to be bad. And by the way, Clive Barker did Candyman or Candyman yes. was made, right? And that was a mm-hmm. pretty big and creepy film. Uh, and Nightbreed too. I remember Nightbreed. But oh, man. as I'm looking through this, there was a lot more Hellraisers made than I thought because <laughs> there's not there's just a, the There's a bunch. Ones. Yeah. yeah, there's a bunch. Yeah. Um, and um, I haven't I haven't followed the entire series. Um, but yeah, they got pretty silly at some point And I'm like, whatever. Dude. So, yeah. But yeah. But like, you know, like Nightbreed. Whoa, that's a terrible movie. Um, that's a terrible movie. I watched Candyman. And, you know, in spite of people's memory of Candyman, that's actually a wretched movie. I just watched it maybe last month. It's really bad. Well, they had this scene the- with the bees in his mouth. I remember that. Yeah, that's gross. And and that guy, Tony, what's his name? He actually did that for real. Which, yeah, I, I know. Mean, kudos to him. But. That movie sucks. It's not a good movie. Um, so Clyde Barker, I'm glad that he's finally getting some success. I may go back and watch the original first two Hellraisers, but this one on Hulu was quite legit. And if you've never seen a Hellraiser, very good entry point. Oh, I yeah. feel like this is very approachable. If you don't know anything about Clyde Barker, don't know anything about the Cenobites or anything like that, this is like you don't need to know anything. Just walk into it, explains it all. It's very easy to follow. It's very good. So I like that. That was good. Real quick, can I go on a tangent about horror yeah, real quick? Yeah. So yeah. I think we talked about Shutter last time, and I said I was going to go get Love the. Shutter. I was yes. going to get the trial because we were. I think both going to start the 101 scariest yes. moments. Been watching it. Been I've been watching, watching it. it too. And even though I'm not a gory person, you know that I don't like the gore. Um, the way that they're doing the kind of storytelling with mm-hmm. these, you know, all these different movies, uh, it's just fascinating, you know. And it, like you said, it's made this year. It was made like I think in 2022. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it's got the guy who made Candy or the Candyman actor you just said. Yeah, Tony. What's Tony? His name? He's yep. in it, and like, yeah, just like some comedians and some really great uh, directors, <clears throat> and it's just like really cool watching the Child's Play section. Uh, yeah. I had always thought in my memory of my history of Child's Play is like that's a hokey comedy or whatever, but watching the first one again, there's some creepy scenes in that. Yeah, like him is, rolling under the couch and stuff, and I was like, "Oh my goodness!" So even though there's some gross stuff, I just kind of like skim past that, you know, uh, or I'll watch it and just kind of deal with it. But like, it is just an awesome look back at horror movies. Yeah, it's really good. We are caught up, and we're waiting for the next couple episodes. And in the meantime, we're watching uh, another documentary on Shutter. They're talking about the the icons of horror. They're going into, for example, we watched last night the Michael Myers one. Oh. Like, what is the story behind Halloween? They had John Carpenter on. They were talking about it. They're like, what made, what makes him so iconic? How did he grow throughout the series of the films? Just talking to different people. Like, really just really digging into the the backstory of how they made it and, and everything around the film. Yeah. Really great stuff, dude. I really liked it a lot. Okay, I'm going to go check. I'm going to add that to my queue now, too. That is really good. And also, just as a quick side note, I don't know if you noticed or not, but in the 101 Scary Movies, one of the commenters is Dana Gould. And I don't know if you remember... 
but Dana Gould was the voice of Gex the Gecko back on PS1. Wow, connected back to video games. I'm like, what are you doing here, Dana Gould? And boy, you look old. Jeez, what happened to you? I don't think okay. I've seen him yet. I think I've only been through two episodes. So I think he shows up like in the next third or four. You'll okay. see him pop up. He doesn't do any Gex voices, though. Um, final shout out and final bit for me, uh, Bullet Train. I just watched Bullet Train last night starring Brad Pitt and a whole cast of other pretty big people in Hollywood. Uh, you seen uh, trailers for this movie, Carlos? Or have you seen this movie? Yeah, I've seen the trailers for it and I was about to see it again. I don't want to be... Um, coerced or in influ, influenced by um reviews but they weren't great oh man you're reading the wrong reviews bro that was a fun ass movie that was really good um i'm not the biggest brad pitt fan to be perfectly frank i'm gonna put that out there uh i don't really care for brad pitt and i don't think he's a very good actor but he was actually great in this this was uh i think one of his favorite roles for me this is a really fun movie it doesn't take itself too seriously which is great um, the, the gist, I'm not going to spoil anything, but basically, uh, a number of, uh, assassins get on this train unknowingly, and then the train is going where it's going and then hijinks ensue. I'm not going to say any more than that, but, um, a lot of great, great performances, a lot of surprise guest appearances from people, which is really funny. The fights are great and it's a lot of laughs. It does not take itself too seriously. The, the style is through the roof. Like it's very stylish film. And it reminds me a little bit of of Guy Ritchie films, except for I fucking hate Guy Ritchie films, but it's like Guy Ritchie film, but take out the Guy Ritchie and what is left is what this movie is. A film. If that makes any sense, whatever. It's just like uh, the, the pace and the style and the flash and the aesthetics, but without the stupidness and without the irritating cuts and without the dumb comedy, it's got good comedy, not dumb. Com- I fucking hate Guy Ritchie. Don't like Jeez. his movies at all. All right. But, yeah, man, I got feelings on Guy Ritchie. But uh, this is a great movie. I, me, the whole family watched it. We had a great time. It's like surprising. It's funny. Um, a lot of twists that you don't see coming um, ended well. Uh, it was just a really fun watch. We had a great time watching it. So I give it definitely a thumbs up for sure. Check it out. Check it out. Uh, I will say that I'm going to watch Pantheon as well. I just found that on AMC+. Plus. I don't own AMC+. Plus, but um, I'm going to – maybe there's a trial or something. But it looks really cool. It's an animated series. Uh, based about uh, uploading your brain into the internet. Pantheon. I don't even know what that even is. I'll have to look Pantheon. that up. Pantheon. 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 All right, cool. Let's finish All it right, up. Folks. All right, folks. That is a show. As always, we want your questions and comments. Hit us up. So video games podcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at so video games. You can hit us up individually, though. Carlos, where are we directing your traffic this week? I bet I can guess. Hey, buddy. Go over to Dodge Roll Marketing. They can make your video game sing real loud. Uh, nope, that's not it. Let me try it again. <laughs> Welcome to Hold for Edit. Come over to Dodge. Hold for Edit. <laughs> DodgeRealMarketing.com will help shine a light on your indie game. Okay, better. That's that was better. better. It's not as good, but. Give us the website. Oh, DodgeRealMarketing.com. There we go. <laughs> go there today. Go there Free today. consultation, right. by the way. Free consultation. Yep. Initial consultation. They got coffee in the lobby. No, there's it's no great. lobby, but yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you didn't have to tell him that now. You could have lured him in. So with that's the promise true. Of free There's coffee. free coffee. Never mind. Uh, as for me, Twitter and Instagram, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's. And this is going to do it for episode 305. Once again, thank you for joining us here on the Sobody Games podcast, and we will see you next week. In the meantime, this is bye from Brad. And DadroMarketing.com.